0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are live, and this is officially the fight companion for UFC Fight Island 3. And interestingly enough, we are just about five minutes from when we logged off from the uh, podcast proper. And amazingly enough, in that time, we missed an entire fight. Tom Aspinall beats... The other guy, uh, Collier, right? Yeah, I think that's who it was. Beat him in like 18 seconds. So I think, and don't quote me on this, I may have gotten the uh, fight pick wrong on this one because I think Aspinall may be from England. And he just broke the stereotype. Great knee to the gut. Other guy was kind of pudgy. Obviously, that uh yeah, that was a bad day for Jiggly Poof number two on our Fight Island card. That is two jiggly overweight fellas down, both finished by people that looks like they have actually gone for a jog or have done a sit-up sometime in their lifetime. Great success for those that actually look like fighters that are doing this
1: fighting thing and everybody
0: as you join in if you are listening to this live or you are listening to the download after the fact this is the Fight Companion. This will be a little bit different than any podcast we do. We may be joined here and there by friends of the show to talk fights. Other than that, we are watching fights, so don't expect us to be yapping the entire time. This is uh yeah, this is one of those things that when we get into that main card, being that the majority of us are fight fans, Things may go quiet here and there as we actually, you know, watch the fights as nobody is coming to the podcast here to listen to someone do play-by-play, and even if they are, I'm not a play-by-play guy, I am a color guy, so I am not carrying this shit.
1: Mr. Barbers, how are we doing today?
2: I'm good, my friend. Thank you for taking my call. I heard you needed a play-by-play guy.
0: Hey, there you go. If you want to do play-by-play to these things, you are more than welcome.
2: For sure. I'll do a little bit of both. I mean, I'll let you be you, you, and just whatever sprouts to my brain, I'll just shoot it off.
0: Well, there you go. That's what we're here for. Generally, by about, oh, I'd say about an hour and a half from now, most of us are about half a bottle of whiskey or several beers in. So this will eventually be a shit show. Be prepared. (laughs)
2: well listen if you go back to my um if you go back to my picks from yesterday or the day before i have every pick correct so far
0: i didn't write mine down so i'm just gonna say that i have every fight correct so far knowing that i think (laughs) i got that last fight wrong because that guy was english and i always pick against them also Mm -hmm. sly dog joining us how you doing sly
2: hi how you doing kevin I'm good, my friend. Thank you for all the love that you show, Sly
3: Dog. I appreciate it. Oh, got a question for you. Before, have, did you hear any of our other times we've done this? I haven't. It, it, all, we get pretty shit-faced about at least two hours into it. All of us are hunkered down with whatever our favorite drinks are, and it's just a good time. I'm glad you're here. Uh, but what I need to know is, do we call you Kevin or Kevin Barber's?
2: <laughs> Either one is fine with me, my friend. Whatever you want to call me, I'm good with.
3: Oh, well, hopefully you can, you know, hang out with us as long as you can. Uh, I'll I'm be here. My, this is my broken shit headset. You probably can't hear me good. I'm, my other one's charging. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to drop and I'm going to get re-equipped here, get a drink, and I'll be back. Oh, okay. So glad you're here with us.
2: Cool, man. I'll it's be generally here. generally
3: the same it's the same core group of guys and a couple stragglers. You know, sounds good time, to me. So. Yeah. All right. Nice nice on your picks, oh. by the way. Thanks, That's man. I'm pretty sure everything. Yeah,
2: I'm pretty sure I had pink out over bets, like ninety percent sure, but I had wood, I had a Amee, I had Bozer, I had, I had Aspinall. And then Trinaldo and her Uh, I said Ronaldo, but I'm leaning kind of towards Herbert now. Who the hell knows? That fight could go either way. Chimiev, Cowboy Alex Oliveira, Paul Craig, Marina Rodericks, Gus, Shogun, and I'm going to go with Till tonight.
0: So that just means you're going to get the main event wrong, which means that I take the entire night by having the main event correct. That's how we do things around here. I run the show. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think about Bellator last night? Obviously, Pico looked like a freight train again. What did you think about the uh, the Taiwan Claxton uh, JJ Wilson fight?
2: My man, I freaking fell asleep last night. I feel so I'm so ashamed of myself. I didn't get to watch any of the Bellator fights. I looked up who won and who didn't win. I saw that Jason Jackson won. I saw that Pettis won. I saw that Taiwan Claxon might have got robbed. Is that what you're citing to?
0: Yeah, I'm not even necessarily gonna say he was robbed. Uh, one judge got that fight completely wrong. Gave it 30 27 to the other guy. Like there was what no the way you could justify that one.
2: What happened in the fight? I mean, what the hell happened?
0: Uh so like if you think of a boring Kamaro Usman fight, so like one that there's not a ton of action, just a lot of pressing against the cage and kind of taking pot shots here and there. That looked like it was, you know, Claxton's game plan, and that's pretty much what he did. So, I mean, you could argue maybe one, maybe two rounds for Wilson, but yeah, there's no way that Wilson took that 30-27. Like that is just insane.
2: Hmm. I'll have to look. I'll have to watch it back. That's a, the funny thing about fights is like you hear stuff like that that happens. What are you looking for? Hold on. Uh, you, you, you you hear about stuff like that that happens, but it's like, are you really going to go back and watch that, you know?
0: Well, yeah, that one, if you go back and watch, like that should be your pre-bedtime things is it? you will fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like when people are like, sometimes
2: when people are like, oh, man, you got to go back and watch that fight. To be honest, I go back and watch those fights maybe like 10% of the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, anything from Bellator. I think the only thing worth going back and watching is the Pico fight. Obviously, it's a quick fight anyway. Mm. Pico with a, with a solid takedown finally gets his, his first submission of his career. So he's actually kind of playing to his strength as opposed to just kind of standing there winging punches. So, yeah, he, he looked solid again.
2: Yeah, he's been throwing me off. They've been talking about his wrestling and all this. And then he, uh, he's been striking a lot, which he's got some powerful strikes. And then that one fight, he went to his wrestling, and then he didn't know how to transition from the wrestling to the striking. And I don't know if you've seen the fight I'm talking about because it was on the prelims. I don't even think it was televised. But he got flying knee, knocked out, knocked out, knocked out.
0: Yeah, I saw that one. Like, And that's the crazy thing with Pico is, like, I think part of it is, is yeah, he's just not necessarily built to take the big shot. But if he fights yep. smart, like, they're – he can beat anyone in the world in any given day just based on that wrestling talent and kind of just that natural power that he has
2: oh hundred percent and I think um, I think the more that he can uh, you know learn to you know transition from each martial art I think that's only gonna benefit him and that that takes fights that takes maybe sometimes getting knocked out and that just takes uh, you know continuous repetition of of his craft, you know, because he's so well-rounded. Like, that's the thing about being well-rounded. It's like, now you need to blend all these skills together, you know?
0: Right, and maybe we are finally seeing that. Finally him kind of, you know, working in, a little bit of striking, able to get that takedown, able to transition, get the choke. Like, maybe we're actually finally seeing Pico as opposed to, you know, I mean, it was a huge step up. Like, his first fights are automatically on a big stage, so Mm. that's tough.
2: Well, I'm kind of pissed that I missed it then because the, the way you make it sound is he he, he was good with the transitioning from each uh, martial art, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, he didn't show a ton being that it wasn't a very long fight, but yeah, like everything he did out there, he didn't look out of place. He looked more comfortable than he's looked. Like he just went out and he beat the guy he's supposed to beat.
2: How'd the, guy, how'd the other guy look?
0: He looked like he was getting steamrolled by uh, Aaron Pico. <laughs> I love it. That's what's up. All right, so
2: my play is about to start on my TV. Where are you at on your stream?
0: I am at four thirty nine, four thirty eight of the first round. So I'm about twenty seconds ahead of you.
2: Oh shoot, let me see if I uh, if I'm backed up or because we gotta we gotta match this up. Oh yeah, I'm. Ba- oh wait a second. Let me see. I don't know why I'm behind you. Let me see. All right, four forty. What did you What are you at now? Uh, 416. Oh, okay. Hold on. I might be there. Oh, oh, oh no. Now I'm ahead of you. All
0: right. Hey, if you're I'm ahead, ahead of me, that part's fine. Like, as long as you're not like a round ahead of me, we're pretty good. We're no, always I off be... by at least 10, 15 seconds between. No, people. I
2: want to be okay. right on yours. Wh- what's your time timeout? I'm going to start it. Say, like, say the time like four seconds. 3-53, 52,
0: 51, 50, 49, 48.
2: 47, 46. All right. We, yep. we, should, we should be we
0: should be right on. We're right on until it's off, which will, I'm sure is going to happen at some point. But for the most <laughs> part, at least once every fight or two, I'll give kind of a countdown also for anyone that's listening that's trying to match it up perfectly. We know yeah. that that rarely ever happens, but, hey, it might.
2: Well, I just matched. So you and me are both matched. 324, 323, 322, 21, 20. 19, 18, right? Yeah, we're pretty much right on.
0: So who did All you right. have in this one?
2: I had Dolby. Um, I haven't even been watching it because I've been trying to sync this up. So let's see what we got here. Um we got Dolby on the outside. Jesse Ronson taking the center of the ring of the octagon, sorry. Um a lot of movement, a lot of output, like I, like I kind of said from Dolby. You can kind of see the um the size difference from Dolby. But Ronson's definitely
0: looking thick. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're in different divisions or anything. And, and obviously, you got, you know, you got Dolby out there with a more impressive back tattoo. So that'll <laughs> play a new. part.
2: That's an... Oh, shit! Drop. That might be it. Oh, shit. Nope. All right. All right. Wow. Dolby's <laughs> tough. Dolby's tough. He went to a draw with Till. He got dropped the same way. But look at this. Holy shit! This is big right here. This is big. We got. Oh, he's yeah. going for the choke. Chokes in. Oh there my god! Wow. Huge win by Jesse Ronson. Huge win. And you know what? It's very. It, this win has been overdue for this kid because I don't know if you know Robin Black, but he's been talking up Jesse Ronson for years on years and on years. And man, Dalby, he's been looking pretty good lately, you know. But wow, he just got. He got fucking out poppered. I mean Ronson had some power in his punches. One thing that Dolby's never had is power and
0: Ronson clipped him. I caught him just with that left straight, followed it up with some nice short elbows there on the ground and yeah, just Dolby trying to find his way out fell right into that choke.
2: Man, that was that, that was I expected more from Dolby man. You know, but you know what I did see recently that you know it's a shame to see from some fighters sometimes is uh, Dalby suffers from um, from mental illness. He had said he had put up a post. Uh, I don't know if he was depressed or or what the hell happened, but he felt you know free enough to express it to the world, which he did on his Facebook. So I feel for him. You know, it's back to the drawing board. I don't know where he was mentally for this fight. He looked prepared. You know, he got a he got his hair braided. That takes time in a in a barber shop. You know, like good time. You got to be in a good state of mind. But I don't know. I don't know what just happened. I mean, Jesse, Jesse Ronson could just have that power that can, uh, you know, that can clip guys like like uh, Dalby and put him out. That
0: was well placed shot. Was able to, uh, to you know follow him right to the ground. I mean, he really did pretty much fall right into that choke. So, Ronson didn't have to do a a ton once he was in that position. If nothing else, one thing Ronson does need to improve upon is that haircut. He's definitely losing that hair. Time to just let it go and buzz that thing down.
2: Yeah, you know what? When you get a guy that has a little bit of power like Ronson, and you you get a guy that doesn't have a lot of power in uh, Dalby – and Dalby, you know, you know he's going to be moving. You know he's going to be moving. I feel like the, a lot of these guys with the power, uh, they plan against that movement with, you know, just a counter punch that they think will land. And you kind of just drill, you know, that whole training camp. Not maybe the whole training camp, but you know, you 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 center the training camp around that one punch that you think that you can land. Uh, you know, that one punch that you think that you can find and really be the game changer.
0: Yeah, and with that, I mean he did a good job, you know, keeping that center of the octagon there to, to give him that opportunity. So definitely solid, solid game plan by Ronson.
2: 100 percent And then with the choke, I mean, this kind of led to the choke because he was just so out of it. But that was that was perfectly ex- you know, it was perfect execution. Rocked him with the punch, moved to the uh Moved to the side control, you know. He hit him with a couple elbows. Went to the mount, got him to give him his back, choked him out. Picture perfect performance by Jesse Ronson. I concur, 100. So who do we got next? Oh, let's take a bad look at look at this again. So he's pumping the jab. Oh, he hit him with a nice jab, and then he just he just threw the left.
0: Yeah, and then there was that that choke. That yeah, that choke was just was just there. Look, like, at it. it's really not even like a rear
2: naked. It's like kind of like a—he uh, didn't even have his full back.
0: Yeah, I think at that point, I mean, he was just so out of it, it wasn't going to take a a great choke to to send him on his way. But yeah, that was uh, I think those short elbows right when they got to the ground definitely kept him disoriented and and led right to that.
1: Hello.
2: Hello,
0: can you hear me? Yes, I can now. I think you may have uh, fallen off there for a second.
2: Yeah, I had someone call me, and then it, it turned off for a minute. But, you know, I have a uh, – I have a um, – I forgot the word. But I said I would be on here. I wanted to be on here. I didn't I, – the calls actually one from one of my good friends. But, you know, I, I like this podcast. You know, I want to call another fight. I feel like that one went really well. That was a really cool – uh cool uh you know breakdown
0: well I mean it hey and this is the thing with these fight companions if you have a call at any point feel free to, to hop off hop back in we are here from right now until probably around 1 a.m depending on how the main card goes so this is uh this is a marathon not a sprint
2: <laughs> so you're gonna be on all night
0: hundred percent absolutely we will always be here through the main event that's awesome. One interesting thing is we do have to take like a five minute break every three hours because Podbean can only handle three hours at a time. It's kind of odd. Um, then same thing. If you're on for a long time, it may try to kick you out after two hours of being on a call. If that happens, all you have to do is just call right back in and get right back in. But yeah, Podbean has some some enter- interesting kind of eccentricities.
2: Huh. I never
0: heard that word before. I've heard intricacies. Yeah, it's the the eccentric. Uh, uh, yeah, the eccentric version of that.
1: So it looks like he's calling out Luis Pena for his next fight.
0: I think we may have lost K-Barbs here. Kevin, you there? No? Yes? Yes? No? No? Yes? I believe that's a no. Hopefully we'll get him to call back in. But we did just finish the, the post-fight interview. Um, like I said, he's calling out Luis Pena. Apparently he wants to fight a ridiculously tall guy in the division. Don't necessarily know why that's a thing, but uh, interesting preference there. Alright, right, first. so if we are watching, they're doing the uh, the little height package for the main event here. I don't know why, but they're spending a lot of time showing people cleaning a cage. Hooray, COVID. A lot of disinfectant, a lot of mops. Way to go, Darren Till. Excellent form on the mopping there. In between, you know, some pad work. That's just a depressing uh, graphic. They're showing people that jumped up to middleweight uh, from welterweight. So you have D- Till, is one and zero after his uh, jumping up in weight class. You had Whitaker, who is you know has one loss, and you have poor Kevin Gastelum, who jumped up in weight class not because he wanted to, but because he could not put the food down. Who is three and four with one no contest. Like who does not belong on that list? It's Kevin Gastelum. He needs to figure out how to stay at a at the proper weight for his frame. Like, I think we talked about this earlier on in the week or maybe last week. But just talking about Kevin Gastelum, like one of the guys that has some of the some of the most talent, that just can't put it together mentally. I like, gotta feel bad for the guy.
1: It's like next fight's getting ready. It's Jai Herbert versus Trinaldo.
0: Yet again, I have no idea who I picked. Assuming it was Trinaldo. Yes, cuz Trinaldo's like 78 years old.
1: And now it just looks like they're just killing
0: time. So now we get to see Robert Whittaker jogging up a hill and standing around. And this is really exciting B-roll here, guys. Never seen this kind of insight into professional athlete training. So, folks in the chat, anybody get a chance to watch Bellator last night? If so, what do you think of the Claxton decision? Beyond that, how did you think Sergio Pettis looked? He pretty much kind of came in and steamrolled as well. Is he going to be one of the new faces of Bellator, considering he came in in a division that doesn't even have a champion? I guess he going to be one of the, the new, you know, big marketable guys over there considering they don't necessarily have the deepest roster of of folks that that people have heard of what are your thoughts
1: All right looks like a lot of a lot of thoughts in the chat, and those thoughts are dead air, hells yeah.
0: anybody joining in this is the other ground live this is the fight companion for ufc fight island three we are on a short break between fights next up we have and i don't have it pulled up anymore it was trinaldo versus the newcomer it was jai what was his last name Ah, Jai Herbert. For some reason, I was thinking it was Walker. Yay me. I think for the most part, when we did our fight picks earlier on this week, I think everybody was on Francisco Trinaldo here. Let's see how this thing shakes out. Guy Herbert looks like he's coming straight over from Cage Warriors, kind of the largest, the largest organization over there in England. So, don't know what that necessarily says about his uh, his resume and the people that he has fought. Obviously, Francisco Trinaldo been in the UFC for quite a while, been fighting even longer. This is definitely the case of the grizzled veteran versus the newcomer. We'll see uh we'll see how this one goes down as this fight should be starting any moment here on the UFC Fight Island 3 prelims. Let's go. Good thing Passive J has now gone to bed. They are showing quite the Taco Bell commercial. I bet you he is shitting himself in his sleep just
1: by pure osmosis. Poor fella. So for the
0: folks still in the chat as we work our way through these prelims, On this fine Saturday night, depending on where you are, it may be deep into Saturday night, it may be into Sunday morning, or maybe it's still 5 o'clock somewhere. What's everybody drinking tonight? As always, Big Dalton over here has his bottle of Jura Sevenwood, the finest scotch you can find for roughly $80 a bottle, and if anybody has any issue with that, we can fight about it. I think we are about, oh, three hours from it being, oh, about three quarters full, three quarters empty. My ability to speak is already going. This is going to be a rough one, folks. You hear a large crash in the background. That is me falling out of a chair.
1: I don't know about anybody else, but does anybody
0: watch these on ESPN Plus, like, online? I swear the one issue with this, when it is working, is they replay the same four commercials during every break for the entirety of the six, seven hours of fights. Like, I'm beginning to hate all of these brands. I think this was just a Heineken commercial. I will never drink Heineken again. Being, it sucked anyway. And Big Rick, I'm only going to jump out of the window if we had to watch Bechcohea fight the entire evening. So if that was on loop for like eight hours, I think about two hours in... I'd be looking to end it, and unfortunately, I'm only on the second story right now, which is where my office is. I don't think it would do the job. I think I would end up with bumps and bruises, maybe a broken ankle. Which actually might
1: be preferable to, to watching Betch go, hey, fight again. All
0: right, here we go. We got the uh, introduction. So for anybody watching along, we will uh, we will give the timestamp once this thing actually gets going. But we just had the introduction of Jai Herbert. And here is Francisco Trinaldo. You can tell this is definitely a B-level card. We have no Bruce Buffer tonight. We have the other guy, which I really should know his name and I don't. Apologies to announcer guy. That's my bad.
1: All right, here we go,
0: boys. We got tall, skinny Herbert versus Ginaldo. We are at 4.51, 4.50, 4.49. you want to match up to where I'm at. Herbert definitely with uh, some solid movement here. Definitely the quicker of the two. Ronaldo, the grizzled veteran, looking like he's damn near 60. Obviously a very in-shape 60-year-old. Everything that Passive J wishes he could be. Only half the height. Decent shots by Trinaldo here. I don't think Herbert was ready for the power. We'll see how this thing shakes out. They're up against the fence at this point. Which kind of negates that length that Herbert has. That speed advantage that Herbert has. Trinaldo definitely uh, looking like he does have the experience here. Gets the takedown.
1: Trying to pass into half. Herbert up
0: against the cage. Trinaldo on top here. Working some strikes, trying to get into position. We still have 330 left in the first rounds and not a lot of sweat here. Looks like Trinaldo may be looking for a head and arm. Good sweep by Herbert. Back up. Trinaldo may be trying for a guillotine here. He may have it. Oh, and he is torquing on that thing. Herbert doing a decent job of hand fighting here, but this this is not a comfortable situation. Oh, Trinaldo is twerking on that thing. Herbert's out, though. Good job
1: by Herbert surviving that. Oh, and
0: that's something I didn't even realize. So it looks like Trinaldo missed weight on this fight. Came in five pounds heavy. We'll see how this uh, this works out going later into the fight. He's expending a good amount of energy here, keeping Herbert on the cage. See if he goes for another takedown or if he uh, does does get some space here. Looks like he keeps trying to work for a takedown, but it's not necessarily there. Herbert doing a good job of of circling against the cage, doing a good job stuffing a little bit of the the double that Trinado is working for. Nope, solid takedown by Trinaldo. Herbert on his back again. Let's see if he's able to pop back up or not. Trying to get his back to the cage. May try to walk up.
1: Ronaldo's working for the back.
0: He may have a choke here. Nope. Herbert able to to fall down to his back. Kind of avoid the choke, but he is on bottom now. In a bit of half guard, Ronaldo working. This is definitely where Ronaldo wants to be, especially if he did miss weight. Those cardio issues are are going to show up a little bit slower, being he's you know in the position that he wants to be. I'm sure, any of you guys that have trained know exactly what I'm talking about there. Being if you're a wrestler and you try to box for more than three minutes, you're fucking dead and vice versa. Herbert doing a good job of trying to get back up. Getting that back to the cage. Ronaldo doing a good job of just kind of leaning on him here. And Herbert's back up. Herbert has a shot here. I think he really just needs to to get out of this position, get some distance and see if he can't work that length. Good knee from the clinch.
1: Takedown by Herbert this time. Looks like Trinaldo maybe
0: cut on the cheek, maybe from the knee in the clinch. Not sure exactly where that one came from, but Herbert finishing the round strong on top. Probably still lost that one, but let's see if he can, you know, maintain this momentum going into round two. Catch everybody up. We are between rounds here in the Francisco Trinaldo versus Jai Herbert fight. Likely 1-0 Trinaldo. However, he did come in five pounds overweight for this fight. We'll see how this translates going into the second. See how that cardio holds up for the individual that missed weight. And here we go for anybody watching, keeping track of the time here on the Fight Companion. We have 4.53.52, and Herbert just came out strong. Solid shot that puts Ronaldo down. Herbert jumping into guard here. Let's see what he can do. Definitely is continuing the momentum at the end of the first where he was able to really get a good knee in the clinch, followed it up with a takedown, and ended the round there. Not sure staying on the ground here is 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 Herbert's best move. He seems to be a little bit better in space. Now has the back of Trinaldo. Good hand fighting by Trinaldo, though, not sure of Herbert's skill on the ground here. Obviously, Trinaldo knows what he's doing. Herbert working for the choke. He does have a body triangle. And he's working for the choke. Looks like he lost it.
1: Ronaldo trying to turn in. Looks like
0: uh, Herbert lost the body lock. He still has both hooks in. Doing a good job of controlling the position. Ronaldo definitely trying to, to turn and reverse the position. It looks like he just fell into a possible choke here. Wasn't under the chin.
1: Herbert doing a great job
0: of back control here. Not necessarily threatening too much with the choke, but he's definitely staying in the position. Doing a good job of winning himself the round. I have about three minutes left here. We're at 303, 302. Definitely a dominating round by Herbert. Ronaldo trying to work up, definitely trying to turn in to reverse the position. Herbert's still doing a pretty good job maintaining those hooks, maintaining that back control. And there it is. Trinaldo was able to reverse the position. Herbert right up to his feet. Trying to pour
1: it on here. Guy Herbert has some decent knees
0: here. Trinaldo doing a good job of uh, upping the activity a little bit. This is still absolutely Herbert's round unless something changes here in the second half.
1: Oh, Herbert with a great right straight
0: there. Almost puts Ronaldo down. Dropped him to a knee. I don't know how much of this is the bad weight cut and how much it is, you know, just the precision striking of Herbert. It definitely looks like the uh, the damage is accumulating. You can see Trinaldo not necessarily liking taking any of these shots. He's kind of starting to, to wing some shots wildly trying to put this one away. Herbert, for the most part, staying kind of kind of calm here, keeping, you know, straight technical strikes. Should fare him well, as long as Trinaldo doesn't pull something crazy. And now we have Herbert pushing Trinaldo up against the cage. See what he can do here. It's a little bit of a questionable move with how well he's been doing it at length. Strike numbers so far on the round, we got Herbert with 27 significant strikes. Trinaldo with nine. Obviously, we can uh, see within that exactly kind of the tail of this round. Easily around for Herbert. We have about 10 seconds left. So we're probably 1-1 going into the third. And if this round showed us anything, I think Trinaldo is going to come out pretty gassed. This is probably Herbert's fight to lose.
1: All right, here we are between rounds. I'm assuming the judges have this one tied
0: up one round apiece. Although with that, we probably need a stoppage by Trenaldo just based on the fact that he's not looking great. You can see his gas tank isn't what it should be based on that missing of weight and just kind of based on these... Uh, Based on this last round, let's see how this one shakes out. And here we go. We got 452-51-50 here in the third and deciding round. Francisco Trinaldo versus Jai Herbert. Herbert definitely looks like the fresher fighter. Trinaldo with a decent body kick here, but Herbert definitely looks like the fresher guy. Doing a good job moving and circling. Trinaldo taking the center of the cage, so depending on the action here, it may look like Trinaldo is dictating the pace. With all this movement, you got to wonder, like, the second half of this third round, if Herbert starts to slow down. Looks like Trinaldo, so far, has done a pretty good job of kind of uh, holding on to that little bit of gas that's left in the tank. Not necessarily... Oh, huge left! Herb Dean didn't stop the fight. Trinaldo looks like he was going to walk off. There it is. A few shots on the ground. This is done. Francisco Trinaldo comes out in the third. Huge left hand absolutely starches Jai Herbert, who is now arguing the stoppage. This probably should have been stopped even earlier than it was.
1: Overhand left right to the fucking forehead.
0: Yeah, Herbert definitely, by the time he hit that ground, he may not have been completely out, but he was not defending himself at all. Definitely a good stoppage. Like, yeah, Herbert, he was done. Absolutely incredible comeback there by Francisco Trinaldo after a very rough second round. The old man pulls it off. And it looks like Herbert's still pissed off about the stoppage, which if he gets back there and watches a little bit of film on this thing, he probably shouldn't have an issue whatsoever with it. That man was out. Francisco Trinaldo is your winner. TKO round three, one minute and 30 seconds. Yeah, so they're showing the knockout yet again. Trinaldo was completely out. I think uh, about that second shot on the ground actually woke him back up, and you can see by the position of his of his right arm, he had his hand up, kind of trying to you know guard the face before he got knocked out, and that arm did not move until about the second shot on the ground. Francisco Trinaldo moving up uh, in the ladder here for most wins in UFC lightweight history. He has at 15, the most in the division. Somebody we saw just a couple weeks ago, Jim Miller at 19. I mean, Francisco Trinaldo is like 83 years old. So let's see how long he can keep this up. Post-fight interview of Tornaldo, I have no idea what he was saying. I do not have the uh, audio up enough to even hear the translator. But I'm sure he's talking about the War of 1812 and how that really set him up to, to bounce back in the third round of such a war here in the UFC on Fight Island. Glad he can draw on that history. Excellent work, Mr. Trinaldo.
1: Sounds like he's actually
0: going to move up in weight. So he did miss weight by 5 pounds. Sounds like he's actually going up to 170. Shouldn't be as much of an issue there. Probably the smart move. You're that old and you are cutting that much weight. That shit cannot be fun. Cannot blame this guy whatsoever. And if nothing else, moving to 170 with him getting older and being a little bit slower, that might be a better division. Not necessarily going to have to deal with anybody with the speed that he's dealing with currently. Could be a good career career move. Could be the end of his career, given how long he's been doing this. To the earlier point, sounds like he is absolutely not going after Jim Miller's record in the lightweight division for win total. Best of luck for uh, Francisco Trinaldo in the move to 170.
1: Alright, so we may
0: we are getting at uh we are getting at that time. The next uh, next fight may be the uh Chimyev fight. That one should be a fun one. This guy fought a mere ten days ago and absolutely steamrolled a dude. That should be fun to watch. As we as we get to that time, just want to remind everyone, you are listening to the Other Ground Live Fight Companion Edition. I am Big Dalton. Passive J is sleeping like a baby. So I'm here for the solo fight companion. We will be joined off and on with some of the regulars. Uh, we did have Sly Dog called in a little bit earlier. He is dealing with uh, kind of his technical issues, getting settled into the evening. We may hear from him again. We did have Kevin Barbers uh, for a couple fights there. Definitely also a good mind for the sport. He may be back. He may not. I think he was also having some issues with some people trying to give him a call. We may hear from him again. We know we have Homelander here and there. I'm sure he will probably pop back once we get to some of the, uh, the bigger name fights here. I know it is a little difficult watching some of these preliminary cards with, uh, Folks, you've never even heard of, but uh, that is the UFC. This is an ESPN Plus card, so it's not exactly the biggest names in the world. If nothing else, we have had some pretty good finishes. Hopefully those continue. But again, we are The Other Ground Live. This is the Fight Companion. We are simulcasting at this point, both on Podbean. If you have the Podbean app... You can call in. You can join the show. If you don't, we are live on YouTube. And you can join us there. Find us in the YouTube chat. And we will be with you for the rest of this card through the end of the evening. Through Bobby Knuckles versus Darren Till. Getting the initial hype package here. What's everybody thinking with the debut at heavyweight of Alexander Gustafson? Honestly, when he weighed in, he didn't look a lot different than he did at light heavyweight. Not sure if he really put on that much muscle or if he was just cutting a ton of weight for 205. We'll see how he looks against Fabricio Verdum, who looked absolutely terrible coming off of the suspension. And other fights on the main card, we have uh, the trilogy between Shogun Hua and Antonio Rogerio Noguera. This may be kind of a tough one to watch, right? I think anybody that remembers these guys going all the way back to Pride Fighting Championships are wondering, why in 2020 are we watching Shogun versus Rogerio? I don't have the answer. But I'm kind of hoping the
1: loser retires. Here we go. Hype package over
0: UFC Fight Island 3 begins now on ESPN slash ESPN plus slash wherever you watch this overseas. It might be BT sport or whatever it is, but we are here with you to watch the fights. Give a little bit of analysis, possibly here and there. Otherwise, mostly just talking out of our asses. But for anyone else that is joining us, either on Podbean or YouTube, we appreciate you. If you enjoy what you're listening to, be sure to, on Podbean, follow The Other Ground Live. You can set this thing up to get all episodes downloaded. I think we are at about 130 days straight of shows. We are here every night at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can also find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple iTunes. And you can also find us live on the simulcast every day of the week on YouTube. For those just tuning in, we do have the C-Team on the announced duties. We have Random Guy from the UK as the play-by-play guy. We have Paul Felder as one of the color analysts, and we have Dan Hardy as the other. Nothing else. Paul Daly, great analyst. Dan Hardy has been doing this for a while, and Random UK Guy wearing a bow tie. I could take or leave. A little bit of analysis on the main event at this point. Those on YouTube, you might be able to hear it a little bit in the background here, but folks are talking about the Whitaker versus Till fight. Definitely an interesting fight with Till making his second appearance in the middleweight division versus Robert Whitaker, who has fought Yoel Romero twice, which is pretty much like fighting a 205 chunk of granite. We'll see how Till does when he's not necessarily the much larger fighter looks like he still is a little bit larger than uh than Robert Whittaker but he definitely won't have as much of a strength advantage as he did at 170 we'll see how he uh how he fares against a former UFC champion in Robert Whittaker Uh, This is a rough one. Now they're talking about Shogun versus Rogério Noguera. Their first meeting 15 years ago. They fought in Pride 2005. This is when Shogun was running through everyone. Shogun won that fight. They did rematch in the UFC. They did not give a date here, so I don't remember what year this was, but this was probably what? Around 2010, maybe a little after. But for this to happen again in 2020, I don't know why this is a thing. Is anyone really excited about seeing Shogun Hua out there at this point? At his age, or even worse, Rogerio Noguera, who... I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, he has looked like he was 40 years old for the last 20 years. I'm not sure we necessarily need to see an 80-year-old in the octagon. In better news, we are about to see Shimeyev fight, who just 10 days ago beat John Phillips via a Darce choke. But prior to that Darce choke, Shimev just absolutely mauled this guy absolute steamroller great ground and pound just completely dominated the guy let's see what he looks like tonight if he can pull that through like you can see you can roughly see someone like habib within this guy so if he can keep that kind of trajectory damn this guy might be scary It sounds like I've been saying it incorrectly. Chimaev? Here I am with that awesome American accent thinking it's Chimaev. I'm going to trust the the British guy, announcer fella, Chimaev. My apologies. Don't want to piss that guy off. I may outweigh him by 100 pounds, but I think that guy has better wrestling than I do. Seems like the announced team are all in on, on Reese McKee here. I don't know if they're just trying to hype this up or what. They're definitely talking about this, how this guy is uh, great at kind of creating space. Apparently, sounds like he's going to be faster than Shemaev. I I have the feeling they might just be hyping this up. If not, wow, I will be wrong on this prediction. I have Shemaev all day, twice on Sunday, Three times on Saturday night at UFC Fight Island 3 out of Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. And yeah, here's the walkout for Kamsat Shmaev out of Chechnya. Not exactly the easiest place to grow up and or live. Not necessarily someplace I'm going on vacation. It definitely explains why he is a badass. Seems that quarter of the world, you start talking about Chechnya, the Istans, talking about Khabib Nurmagomedov, from Dagestan, like these guys just come up, come up different. Quite the cauliflower here as well. This guy's definitely uh, been wrestling probably from the time he was about three. Mr. Barbers, welcome back.
1: My man, I had like three or
2: four calls right after another just now. And everyone wants to talk about fights when it's funny because I call people all week sometimes to try to get in touch with people and I don't hear from them. And then fight night comes and like four or five people want to talk to me.
0: Hey, it's the opportune time, right? What better time to talk about fights when there are fights on TV?
2: True, true. So we got Chimav versus Reese McKee. Um, that guy that Reese McKee beat didn't look too bad in the in the last fight. I thought he was winning against Trinaldo. So I think this kid, Reese McKee is going to give a good performance right now.
0: I think there's a chance of that. I also think there is a chance that Chemaev just comes out and steamrolls him. But yeah, that last fight was interesting. Trinaldo was definitely getting worked that second round. Was even kind of getting worked that third round until that overhand left came from nowhere, and put the lights out. Yeah,
2: this is going to be interesting. I mean, like you just said, this guy Chimeyev, he could come out and totally steam on this guy, but we're going to have to, you know, sit back and see. He looks pumped up.
0: Yeah, we'll see how he comes out. He's definitely from that part of the world where those guys start wrestling at like the age of two. (laughs) 100%.
2: And they'd be wrestling bears and all kinds of shit.
0: Yeah, I can tell you, if I see a fighter that's from Chechnya or one of the Istans, I'm just assuming they're tougher than I am. Right. Oh, look at that. Oh. I'm right out work. with a takedown. Just carrying him around like a loaf of bread.
2: Yeah, but good good bridge work by Reese McKee. And he's down. Well, he made him work a little bit. I mean, that, that was a pretty. I mean, as, as, for as short as 20 seconds is, that seemed like a very long 20 seconds.
0: It did, but like if you look at how calm Chemayev was through that entire part, like, you can tell that, yeah, he's just in his element once he's in that grappling range.
2: Oh, 100%. Very calm. You're 100% right. He stayed calm, and he finally worked the momentum. And here he is in mount, 45 seconds in.
0: He's doing a great job, kind of the same thing that uh, Khabib does as far as really controlling those legs once he gets that takedown. Yeah, like, he That definitely gives has... you no place to go. Yeah, he definitely has no place to go, but we'll have
2: to see. I mean, this guy's always giving him his back. That's not good. This guy looks a lot smaller too, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he does.
2: Oh. Oh. Oh, well, Oh, look at this. He almost had the, uh, the the reversal there.
0: Yeah, he's definitely still working. He hasn't. He's definitely not giving up here. But yeah, Shmaev. It's just this is where he wants to be. Yeah,
2: this guy's a fucking tank, dude. Holy shit!
0: It's crazy to think this guy just fought ten days ago.
2: And, hold on. not only did he fight. I'm sorry. I'm eating uh nachos. Um.
0: Oh, oh, there's wow. a choke. Nope. Got out of it nope. quick.
2: Good defense. Um, Not only did he fight 10 days ago, but he fought at middleweight 10 days ago, and now he's at welterweight. Uh,
0: exactly. That kind of weight. And, and he weighed in right at the limit 10 days ago, so it's not like he came in super light anyway. Yeah.
2: He came in at 186. Look at this, though. Wow. I mean... This guy is going to be a problem. Yeah, I want to see this kid keep fighting out of this. I don't want to see it stop because this kid definitely wants to fight, it seems.
0: definitely a tough guy. A lot of people would have just rolled right over, you know, let Chimeyev take his back and kind of looked for that easy way out by this point.
2: Yeah. 100%. But he's not. I mean, he's still in there.
0: He's still fucking in there. I he's mean, in there, but he's he's still got two minutes of this left. Yeah, he's, he's doing he, a good job of avoiding that rear naked choke, though. At least if nothing else, he's he's still in it enough to know how to defend.
2: Yeah, this this can
0: be stopped. There it goes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That that's this guy's a beast. You called it. you definitely call it. Definitely glimpses of Khabib.
0: It'll be interesting if he can keep it up. Like get him out there against someone that's a, a very, very strong grappler just to see what he can do. But, yeah, he looks absolute levels above the two people he's fought thus far.
2: Well, you would have to look at, um, you know, you can't throw him in there with anybody in the top ten just yet because that's just too much. I mean, maybe he's there, but you just can't do that to a guy. Unless he asks for it, you know, be careful what you ask for But I would give him maybe, give him like the the 16 guy and make sure that guy that's 16 has okay grappling. You know, you got to give him a grappler and see, you know, how it stacks up against, you know, guys in that division that actually have really good grappling. If he starts dominating those guys, then this guy's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, let's see who, let's see, Welterweight, let's see what those rankings even look like. Not yeah. even sure who 16 would be, but 15 would be Anthony Pettis. 14 would oh be Neil God. Magny.
2: I was actually thinking Neil Magny, but I just seen that he had a fight announced, and he's going to be fighting someone really good. I forgot who it was, if you could look that up too. Um, Neil Magny, they just announced a fight for him, and it's a really tough fight.
0: Uh Let's see. <laughs>
2: I forget who though. But at the tough fight, he, he I don't think he's gonna be the favorite. Neil. I think this guy could beat Neil though.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting. Like Neil doesn't fare that well against really strong wrestlers. But if nothing else, like he's gonna be able to stay on the outside and at least we'll see you know how Chemeyev does against a, a higher level stand up guy. And a guy that has a gas tank that he could go 20 rounds. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, the next fight they have announced for Neil Magny is Jeff Neal.
2: Jeff Neal. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff Neal is going to fuck him up. I like Jeff Neal a lot.
0: Well, yeah, lot. Jeff Neal, he, he just came off a win. Uh, didn't he beat uh, Mike Perry? Isn't that was yeah, his last fight, knocked,
2: I think? Yeah, He well, yes, he knocked the shit out of uh, Mike Perry. And Jeff Neal's a beast, but as we just said, I mean, grappling. N- Neil Magny is an okay grappler, So, and we haven't really seen that much grappling of Jeff Neal. For as much as I think Jeff Neal's a beast, I mean, Neil Magny could cause problems for him in that fight. I don't think it's going to prevail in the end. I think Jeff Neal's going to get the knockout. But he is fighting a guy that's very tough and has okay grappling. So that's going to be interesting.
0: And that is one of the things with Neil Magny. Like if you watch his entire career, he always seems to kind of fight to the level of competition. So facing a guy with a lot of hype uh, like Neil, uh, he may come out and, you know, have a pretty good showing. Like I said, if nothing else, he's always going to be game. The guy can go five rounds any night of the week.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. So it should be interesting. Maybe the winner fights uh, Chimyev. Or watch, Jeff Neal's going to get hurt and fucking uh, Chimyev's going to slide in to fight Neil Magny.
0: Yeah, I think what's really probably going to happen here, and like this is almost kind of the same thing with uh, Zabit, is like, how are you going to find someone in the top 15 that actually wants to take this fight?
2: Well, it's funny that you say that because Jeff Neal... Has um, a lot of people have ta- have turned down fights with Jeff Neal because he's so good, and, um, and and it's not a lot to gain because no one really knows who Jeff Neal is. So it's kind of like the same thing with Shimeo.
0: Yeah, just looking at looking at those rankings, thinks the other guys that are there, like he's not ready for like the top, you know five or six guys, you're definitely not going to put him in there with, like, Woodley or Thompson or Maya. I mean, not
2: yet. It, it's just he hasn't done enough yet, you know? And and if you want to get him that fi- that top 15 win, I mean, I guess put him in there with Pettis, but I think he would blow through Pettis, but that fight makes zero sense for Pettis.
0: Yeah, the only other person I can see in, like, that 10 to 15 range that would make any sense is maybe Vincente Luque.
2: Oh... Wow, that's a fucking perfect fight. But you, have, you know you have Luke a sitting
0: at 12 right now.
2: Yeah, it's a shame that Luke A would have to take that fight, to be honest, because Luke's been around the block, man. That would kind of be like a slap in the face to Luque, but he's one of the he's just he's one of those guys that gets those kind of fights. You know, it sucks that sometimes, you know, these guys in their careers they end up in these positions where they're taking these tough fights and unfortunately for Luke Gay, I mean I think he's in that that I think he's in that bracket I mean he's had some pretty big fights and big opportunities he ended up he, he had a he had a huge opportunity to beat um you know Wonderboy but he lost so that puts him back in the you know that that situation where he I think he has to fight this guy Chimiev
0: I think it's one of the only ones that makes sense. Cause unfortunately like the welterweight division, when you look at kind of that 10 to 15 kind of area, it's a bunch of guys that probably wouldn't take the fight because they are just kind of older guys with big names. Like I don't necessarily see Dos Anjos taking the fight. Definitely don't see Nate Diaz taking the fight. What did you say? Don't my necessarily friend? If see out. Bobby Lawler. So if you look at uh, the welterweight division, the people kind of in that area, it's a lot of those big name guys that you don't even know if they're necessarily even going to fight again, and if they do, it wouldn't be against Shamiyev. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you like, have you like Dosanos, you... you have Diaz, no. you have Lawler. Nope. Like nope. none of those guys are taking that fight. No, hundred percent not.
2: So I think Luke.
0: Yeah, I think that one makes a lot of sense. It'd be good to see them see them put that together. And by the way, that, you know, Chemayev is just eating through people. Hell, put it together for like two weeks from now. Let's just see this fight, guy fight every month.
2: <laughs> I think Luke a would be down for that. I mean, look up Luke. A. Let me see. I bet if I typed in Luke, a, and luke has got balls. That's the thing with Luke, a is he'll fight this fucking guy and not give a fuck about it. You know? Luke a will fight this dude. And you know what? And I'd be surprised if he's not on uh, Twitter right now calling for this fight. Because that's just Luke's MO. You know, that's his MO. He'd be like, I don't give a fuck. These are the kind of fights I got to win. So fuck it. Give it to me. Watch, that's, that's going to be not fight that they're going to make.
0: It might be. I haven't heard anything as far as anything confirmed for Luque. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Looks like he has a... A confirmed fight, too, for uh, the 1st of August. So it'd have to be after that. They have him matched up with uh, Randy Brown. Randy Brown. My goodness, that's a good fight.
2: All right, all right, you know what? That reminds me. You know who uh, Chimiev has to fight? He's got to fight Nico Price.
0: There's another one.
2: That's the fight right there. Nico Price versus uh, versus Chimiev.
0: Yeah, and that's the one that would fall a little bit outside of the top 15, but like, the ranking system in the UFC is terrible anyway. It's like, why do you have Nate Diaz ranked? He hasn't fought forever, and he's not going to fight unless it's a big name. Yeah. Like, and it, do we even actually... know, is Robbie Lawler like retired or not? I think he's kind of retired. Why is he still yeah. ranked? Don't know.
2: Yeah, Robbie Lawler's gonna get a fight against. I mean, all the fights that Robbie Lawler has been fighting lately is kind of like, like, like you just said, he's in that, he's in that bracket of who the hell does Robbie Lawler fight right now at his point of his career. I mean, he fought Dosan, he fought all the guys that Robbie Lawler fought. You know, you look back at him now, it's like, yeah, that's who Robbie Lawler, I guess, should be fighting because where does Robbie Lawler? I mean, Robbie Lawler, I love Robbie Lawler, but I'm just. I don't think he's going to be champ again, and and, and who is he? You're going to put Robbie Lawler in with against a guy named, you know, uh, are you going to put him in with a guy like Chimiev? I don't think so.
0: No, at welterweight, you put him against anyone. Maybe Pettis, just because they're both both have been around. They're both names.
2: Well, that's uh, that's the fight. That yeah, same same thing. Pettis is. I think Pettis has fallen in that same category as Lawler as well.
0: Yeah, they're both definitely to that point. They're like neither one of them are sniffing anywhere near a title shot. And I don't know if they're ever going to again. So you're not going to put, you know, those guys out there against like a Leon Edwards or Edwards. even as terrible as Woodley looked in his last fight. You're not going to put him against them. Steven Thompson doesn't make sense. Like he should be fighting a higher level guy. Yeah, I don't know what it would be. Maybe you could even see like just based on age and name alone, like maybe a Lawler versus Maya. Something like that?
2: Yeah, I think Maya I think Maya um, I think Di- I think Diego Sanchez should fight Damian Maya, because they're both looking to retire, I think Or Maya, I think, is looking for to retire, so I, I would love that fight, Damian Maya versus Diego Sanchez
0: Only if we can get Sanchez to drop the crazy corner man guy
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, that guy He's like a new guy right he's been saying that he's been teaching him some deadly stuff
0: yeah that guy's just not right in the head like he's worse than the the touch button the park guy
2: <laughs> Oh man there used to be another guy he was like a tra- I don't know if he was a translator or a trainer and he'd always be in the background and the guy got rid of him I forgot who the hell it was but he was he'd be like picking his nose he'd be like making these weird eyes. I forget who the fuck it was. There was a thread on the underground. Uh that'd be like crazy trainer guy or something.
0: Sounds like somebody with a cocaine problem. <laughs>
2: I forget who the fuck it
0: was. What the which
2: fighter it was? It wasn't like even a big name. Oh, you know who it was? It was um Al, Al Capone's uh, trainer um fuck. What's that guy's name? Nikolai Volkov or some shit. Was it Nikita Krylov? Nikita Krylov's old trainer. He was like a little strange.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of who you're talking about. I, I can't think. Of, I think I remember the thread you're talking about, but I, I just can't picture the guy for some reason.
2: Yeah, he was a little he was a little strange. Let me see. This, this video right here. August 23rd, 2015. Let me see if he's in this one. Let me see. Let me see the no worries let me see if he's in here and then I could tell you the video to go to and you'll see him this is 2015 I don't see him yet I don't think he's in this one I don't know I don't know where this guy went then maybe even got rid of him before
0: this hopefully he did <laughs> who you're talking about the guy god damn
2: yeah, right. But he has us talking about him, so I guess that's what his his goal was.
0: No press is bad press, I guess. We'll go with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, let me see. I want to find him. Not that even, it even matters, but let me see. Nikita Krylov, a guy that he came into the UFC. This guy, Nikita Krylov, he came into the UFC very sloppy. He was actually a heavyweight. And um, he actually knocked out Walt Harris. And then uh, he dropped to 205. And he's just kind of, he's been very sloppy lately. But as of recently, he's, uh, he's putting some work together. He's, he's kind of calmed down a little bit. And um, he doesn't fight as reckless as he used to. And he fought a very close fight against Glover Teixeira a few fights ago. And, um, but it was a loss, he lost against Glover, but it was the first time that he went to a decision, uh, I think, ever. So in his next fight, he fought Johnny Walker, who was supposed to be the next big thing. And I definitely drank some of the Kool-Aid. And uh, and Krylov beat him. Krylov got a huge win over, uh, over uh, Johnny Walker.
0: Yeah, he pretty much uh, ended that hype train. Johnny Walker was supposed to be the next big thing.
2: He really was, man, and and honestly, I think he still has potential. I think he's very athletic, but uh, you know he, he's got to cool down. Oh, I just saw, I just seen the guy. I just seen him. I don't know how I'm gonna get the video over to you, but he's got like a ponytail. I don't know. I don't know why I'm really. I don't know why I'm caught up on this. But all right, so let's let's jump to the fight. What do we got here? Uh, Dalton,
0: so I think we, uh, I think we all had Cowboy in this one, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I think Cowboy is going to knock him out actually in the first round. Uh, I think the only way for Sabata to win is by getting a hold of him, and he's gonna try. But I see an uppercut. I see a um, an uppercut or an overhand right, uh, or or one of those body kicks. I mean, I've seen. Peter Sabata get beat by Kyle Noak with a bo- body kick. So it could be a body kick, it could be an overhand right, or it could be an uppercut. If, uh, if it would go in one order, I would say number one that I think is going to happen is the uppercut. Number two is the body kick. And number three, look, he's already loading up for that uppercut.
0: He's definitely working on that range. Looks like he almost kind of has it figured out at this point. It'll be interesting to see what Olivera can do here.
2: Yeah, where's your clock at? 422, 421, 420?
0: 420. Uh, yep, I'm pretty much right at the same time still.
2: Cool. Yeah, I see an uppercut. I see uh you know we have um we have Sabata staying on the outside. We got the reach advantage. Oh, see, he's, he's definitely he wants that uppercut. He wants Sabata. He knows Sabata wants the takedown. Um so him knowing that he, he's looking for the uppercut. But at the same time, Sabata knows that you know Cowboy thinks that he's going to go for the uh, takedown, you know, and then countering with the uppercut. So there's definitely a uh, there's definitely a game of mental chess being played here right now.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised Oliveira isn't necessarily baiting it a little bit more, uh, like a few you know calf kicks, kind of that low leg kick, just to get Sabata. Maybe trying to catch one of them and, and kind of going for that single.
2: Yeah, I don't think he wants to get caught, though, in a single. Oh, see the body kick. Yeah. I said it. I called for that body kick. He hurt him, but he seems to be... uh Now, now, now it would be cool if he hit him with the body kick, and now it leads to the uppercut. <laughs> that would be money. That would be fucking money.
0: He's definitely still looking for it. Like, you can see him kind of loading it.
2: Yeah, and and Sabata's not giving him that look. You know, Sabata's not charging in for that takedown yet. So, you know, like I said, there's definitely a game of mental chess being played here. So, I mean, do you give him what he wants, you know? Do you give him that takedown opportunity uh, you know, for him to possibly throw the uppercut and fail? Or does Sabata really think, like, if I go for this takedown, I'm going to get clipped with this uppercut? So that's why he's being cautious, you know?
0: Yeah, it really depends on how Sabata's seeing it. Like, is he also seeing the fact that Oliveri is kind of loading that up? Also, you just got to see what, you know, what Oliver does later in the round. Because it, at some point, you know, like with a minute left, does he start. Does he start baiting him more, knowing that even if he gets a takedown, he can't do much with it at that point?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to see. I mean, I thought the body kick was was perfectly executed, but uh, Peter is uh, staying on the outside, you know? He's just kind of sticking and moving on the outside and, you know? Have to well, see that's the other thing happens. with Oliver
0: here. It's like he's moving well. He's kind of dictating the way that this is going. So yeah, Sabata's oh. never really kind of getting into to his pace here.
2: Right. We're gonna have to see what happens now. Let me see. He's a beast. Okay. So, we got, we got Sabata stana to put a little pressure on him now. Um, you know, he's getting confident.
0: He's still just not letting it go, though. A lot of feints, yeah, he's, he's trying to pick up the pace, but he's just not letting anything go.
2: You're right. He's really not because, there is, because of the speed difference. Right. You know, he, want, he wants to put the pressure, but, man, when you're at such a speed difference, it's like, you know, I feel like that pressure sometimes is mental. But you know, reality is you know I'm the slower fucking guy. You know,
0: yeah, you can definitely see that because he's not extending himself at all, knowing what. And, and I'm sure he can see it that that really Oliveira is just kind of loading up for a counter.
2: Yeah, well, you know what, you know what's playing into Sabata's hand a little bit too now is that Cowboy is known to get tired, and Sabata has some good. Uh, cardio, so you know. Sometimes you just take a round to try to get somebody tired, to really uh, you know stop putting the pressure on that second or third round. Where you know that first round you might have been at, a, at an athleticism uh, disadvantage, but you know as much as I know, man, as soon as your body starts getting tired, you know you're not as fast as you, as you once were. So the guy with the better gas tank now that gap of athleticism is closed, you know? I think that's what his bot is looking for.
0: Yeah, it might be what he's looking for, but it'll be interesting to see how his cardio does as well. It's like, you can see at that end of the round when he was going back to his corner, like his, his ribs are already ridiculously red from those couple of body kicks. We'll see how that, that impacts things going forward as well.
2: Oh, definitely. It definitely impacts. It's definitely going to make an impact. So we'll see how he takes this minute. It's very crucial. He's got to get the water. He's got to tell him good job, just like Mike Perry's girlfriend did, and uh, go from there.
0: So, so how do you feel about that Mike Perry thing? That was one of the oddest things I think I've ever watched. It was strangely entertaining.
2: (laughs) Well, I thought it, I found it interesting that someone had brought up um, the week before. The, you know the corner. There was a big topic, but the corner guy stopping the fight too early. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, stopping the the fight too early. The fighter want the fighter didn't want to go on. And uh, no, the corner. Uh, Robert Drysdale. He he wanted the fight to keep going. So it was like all the backlash was on the corner. And then this next week, like what makes a good corner person, you know? And then the next week, you have. You know someone's girlfriend being a corner. It was like two ends of the spectrum, you know. So I honestly don't know. Oh, there it is. That's the takedown. And oh, Those elbows shit. are not fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my thought. I mean, I I just ugh, I don't really know what to think. You know, it's like what does constitute um, a worthy, you know, corner person? I mean, Mike Perry said, you know, he was fortunate and he was fortunate enough to have. uh you know, an opponent that he can go in there and, and kinda, you know, do his thing. I mean Mickey Gall is you know, probably one of the slowest hundred and seventy pounders, you know in the UFC right now. Um so the stylistic matchup was definitely there for Perry. So I mean maybe he Yeah, didn't that need was a definitely a craft, designed
0: but... win for Mike Perry. Like The way he fights versus the way Mickey Gall fights, like that was made for him to win. Yeah. And then, of course, he has to go out and, you know, get in a bar fight a week later and, you know, lose all that, all those good graces that he was in.
2: Yeah. I I don't know what's going on with Mike Perry right now. You know, I just, these, I just, unless we're in that position, I guess, I just, I don't know. I mean, is he mad he doesn't have money? Uh, is he mad that, that, I just, I don't know what's, what's going on is, I mean, oh, there was the uppercut. It's like, dude, you got a beautiful girl, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know what sometimes makes people mad or, or happy in life.
0: I think he's just one of those guys that just is, is a bit off kilter to begin with. Cause like even going into the fight, like the, the week of the fight, he was doing a, uh, interview with Ariel and he just brings up this other like bar fight that apparently like in a bathroom in some club he beat the crap out of like two bouncers for pretty much no reason. Like number one, why do you even admit that? Number two, why are you there doing that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I actually heard that. Yeah, he was. It's, it even sounded like you kind of provoked it. He he made it sound like the other guy provoked it, but it kind of sounded like he provoked it. I forget exactly what was said. I think he was laughing or something or oh, the guy, the guy was working in the bathroom. Right. And I think he said something. And then the guy probably took it offensive because, you know, he's working in the bathroom and then the guy, and then Mike Perry was kind of probably laughing at that. And then, you know how shit happens. And yeah, man, I mean, who the fuck knows, but it's just, it's crazy because we'll never live in a world where just everybody's happy. You know, there's, Especially when you're fighting for a living, you know you're fighting for your money, and you feel like you don't get paid enough, and you know.
0: Well, definitely not getting paid enough. We know that much.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a tricky situation. Uh, what does uh, you know? What brings you value of of fighting? You know, it's 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 a tricky. It's tricky, you know. It really is. I mean. There's a all fighters deserve to be paid more. But at the same token, they need to know, you know, what they need to do to be paid more. Um, I mean, sometimes maybe they're just... They sign contracts that, you know, maybe they shouldn't have signed or maybe the bonuses should be more or, uh, you know, maybe they should be able to get their own sponsorship so they can make a little more there. You know, it's like, you just... There's a lot of shit that goes into it to for fighters to make more money. I mean, I don't know how it is in the UFC, but, I mean, do the fighters get a percentage of their ticket sales? Like, you know? No, that's,
0: now, that's really a lower-level thing. Like, I remember, like, that's how, when I was fighting, like, that's where I made a good chunk of my money. Right. Was just getting that, you know, half of any, you know, tickets I would sell. And I would always, you know, find find a couple businesses or elsewhere. They're going to buy like gigantic chunks of tickets or like sponsorship tables, stuff like that. Like the UFC, that's not a thing. And the other problem is, is UFC is really the only big game in town. So you don't really have much leverage. They come at you and they say, you know, we're going to offer you a five fight deal for, you know, 30, 30. Mm. Like, even if you think you're worth more, like, what are you going to say? No, I'm going to go, you know, fight for 15, 15 in Bellator.
2: Right. I know it's a tricky game. You know, it's a tricky game. You know what it is? It's a tricky game on your way up, you know, like any job or like anything in your life. You're going to have to always work your way up from the bottom. So no matter where you are in that process of, of on your way up, you're not going to feel like you make as much money as you think you can. But, you know, when you do get to the top, you know, there are guys in the UFC making big money. And then it's funny because they go all these years and they don't complain you know, uh, John Jones, he goes all these years without complaining, and he's happy, he's with Dana, he's joking around, he's getting all his money now. But then it gets to a point where now, I don't know, John Jones is having closer fights with fighters, and, you know, he's getting older, and now all of a sudden John Jones isn't getting paid enough, and he's making this big stink. You know, I just don't know what what's going on in these guys' mind on the way up to where they are. It's like now all of a sudden he 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 wasn't paid enough
0: well i think part of it with john jones is i like i think he can finally see the end like he knows now that this isn't something that's going to keep happening for the next decade whereas before i kind of thought he was he probably thought he was young and invincible so making yeah. you know 2 3 million dollar fight sounded awesome at the time cuz he figured hey i can keep doing this till i'm you know 40 years old Now he's getting to the point where everything is, like, as you said, getting closer and the skill gap isn't what it once was. Like, at this point, he's just trying to cash out. And the UFC is like, yeah, I'm sorry. We're not going to give you that, you know, kind of that golden fight to let you leave.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know exactly what John made all his life, all his career, but, you know, maybe it was mismanagement of money. Wow, he's fucking 33, John.
0: Ooh, good right hand.
2: He's fucking 33. Holy shit. I thought he was maybe 30, 31. He's fucking 33. So, I mean, man, he's getting to his mid-30s. So, he's definitely starting to think about the end. I mean, you're right. You get to your mid-30s, 35, and then you get to 36. Now you're, you're more towards 40 than 30. You know?
0: Well, the problem with him, right, is you also had just, like, all the things where he screwed up. So, yeah, he's 33, but what do we have? Probably three and a half, four years of him just not even being able to fight?
2: Yeah, he wasted wasted a lot of time. A lot of wasted time. And it's a shame because maybe he would have upped his uh, value and, um, you know, upped his pay, with those four years of, you know, competitiveness. But with those four years gone, you know, it's like people forget about you, man.
0: Well, they forget about him. And then when he comes back, like all he's had is close fights since that. So instead of thinking back to like pre, you know, drug suspension and arrests and everything else, John Jones, where he was just the absolute world beater. Now they remember the John Jones that, you know, you could score a decision either way with both against him with uh, Tiago Santos and then also Reyes. Yeah, like
2: you well, just don't stock, think of him as
0: the killer anymore.
2: No, his stock, he was, his stock was always up, 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 and now it's stagnating and maybe even going down.
0: That's crazy to think. Yeah, five years ago you thought of John Jones as the best mixed martial artist ever to step in the octagon. And now you yep. just remember him barely eking out decisions. Like he should still have that place in history. He absolutely was the greatest light heavyweight ever, but he derailed that himself.
2: Hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, you know what? I, I, what I what always kept me from you know the accolades and everything. And you know he's accomplished a lot. John Jones is a bad fucking dude, but I always knew that. His boxing, his his holes that he's had in his boxing, his whole career, I always felt like it would catch up to him. And it definitely has in these last few fights. I mean, his boxing did not look good against um, Tiago Santos. And his boxing definitely didn't look good against uh, against Reyes. So, you know, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's like when, you know, I saw something – uh on the internet the other day saying you know you can write 20 things on the wall and uh you know 19 of them can be right but people pick out the num- the one thing that's that's wrong so i don't want to sound like i'm that person but i just always felt like he did you know he didn't have elite boxing and in these last fights you've been able to, to see that
0: so basically, what you're talking about is the fact that you can do a lot of great things in life. You could go out and you could can cure cancer, but you suck one dick, <laughs> and forever you will be known as a cocksucker.
2: <laughs> pretty much, pretty damn much. But that being said, John Jones, oh shit, John Jones has my respect. You know, um, I always wish he was a better boxer, but I mean, you know, his kicks. You know, he knows how to keep guys at uh, at a distance. He knows how to take guys down and fucking deliver some fucking hellbows from hell, break some ice sockets. Um, you know, John Jones is the best. Good boxing or not, and I guess it doesn't matter at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, he's still absolutely the best light heavyweight we've ever seen. I would probably put him like all-time best fighter. I'd still put him behind St. Pierre. Like he's still one of the best fighters we've ever seen as far as what he's accomplished. So there's that for the guy. It's just it's unfortunate that he's kind of going out this way with trying to demand a bunch of money and relinquishing belts and going through suspensions and going through arrests. Like that's what a lot of people are gonna remember him as is the decision guy that got arrested a bunch of times.
2: Yeah. I mean, is he still Is he still the late heavyweight champ?
0: I don't know if they've officially, like, he said he's, you know, surrendering the title. I don't know if officially they've said that or not. Um, I still, he's still listed on the UFC site as the light heavyweight champ. So there's that. Oh,
2: okay. I thought I, uh, something happened there. I, I got kicked out or something. Can you still hear me?
0: I can hear you, but it sounds like you got farther away from your microphone.
2: Okay, what about what about now?
0: Now you sound great.
2: All right, cool. Um Yeah, I mean, he's definitely one of the he's definitely top 3 greatest mixed martial artists of all time.
0: So, who else do you put in your top 3?
2: Like you said, you got to put GSP up there, you know, possibly Anderson. Um, you know, you, you probably got to put Jones, maybe. You know, you got to probably put Jones number one.
0: I'd probably put St. Pierre number one. I'd put Jones two. <sighs> and then thinking of three, if Silva had a really great run, like it wasn't the best division, but. You also have to think of Demetrius Johnson. Yep. And then depending on how you know Kabib does, like if he goes out there and he runs through Gaethje and then he has maybe one or two more fights and he walks away. If he walks away undefeated, like he has he has a pretty good resume too.
2: Yeah, I mean Kabib So the thing with Kabib is though, I think that will always be uh like I don't really know how to say it, but I mean, he became champ so late. Like it took him like what seven, eight, nine fights to become champ. So I feel like when you hold that belt, you know, a long time, uh, you know, you get put into that that bracket of greatest of all time a little easier. You know, a little more deserving. Do you agree or no?
0: Yeah, there's absolutely something to be said for it. I, I just think it's it depends on how much longer Khabib goes. I mean, he already has the distinction of, like, he's he's lost what? It was a total of, like, one round in his entire career or one or two rounds, something like that?
2: Yeah, I think one round. Um, I mean, yeah, I think just not having that belt for so long, just really – I don't know if it was just poor uh, managing or what, but – I mean, I know him and Tony, they were supposed to fight like fucking five times. But even before Tony became champ, and I know, actually, Tony was never uh, the champ. But I think maybe because Khabib came, um, I feel like maybe Khabib was coming up and developing through, I want to say the Conor era, but, I mean, Conor didn't even have the belt for that long. I mean, he had the belt and then gave it up. So, I don't know, why... why why is Khabib, this 30-0 fighter, have only had this belt for two or three fights?
0: Yeah, I think probably part of it, it was probably hard to get people to really take that fight. Yeah. yeah.
2: Khabib should have fought like Eddie Alvarez for that one was too early, like that's what I'm saying. Like three and all, or two and all in the UFC when Benson had the belt, he wasn't deserving. Like it's just, it's kind of weird now, in uh, you know, in hindsight.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Just the the time that's passed, right? Like he came into the UFC in 2012. Yeah, has never lost a fight, and he didn't get a title until. 2018 so six years undefeated and never got the title
2: that, that completely blows my mind I mean how does that happen
0: I wish I had a good good answer on that one like that's that's one of those things that either you know people didn't want to fight him or it could be just the fact that like a while there i think a lot of people didn't necessarily see him as super marketable because he went to a lot of decisions where he was just beating the piss out of people like it could be one of those dana things right like he's not a guy that goes out there and knocks anybody out he just takes you down and beats on you until you give up and if you don't give up he's happy to ride out the decision just beating on you
2: yeah so he fought camille shallers that was his first fight in the 2012. Then he beat T-Bow. So he had two fights in 2012. Maybe he should have snuck in one more. Then in 2013, he had two fights. He beat Tiago Tavares and Abel Trujillo. Actually, I'm sorry. He had three fights in 2013. So I think 2013 was maybe his coming out party, because then in his next fight, he fought Rafael Dos Anjos. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking, he beat Dos Anjos, and then he was scheduled to fight Cerrone in 2014. And he fucking tore his ACL. So that's what really fucked him up. So he didn't fight for 2014 and all of 2015. I didn't I forgot that. I forgot that he didn't fight for two whole years.
0: Yeah, he had that long that long layoff. Then came back in 2016, fought twice, but once in 2017, twice in 18, and then obviously once in 19.
2: Yeah, so maybe the maybe him being out two years really put a a kink in uh, you know, in everything.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. You also have to factor in and like you hate to hear that it's probably a factor, but there is some factor there of the fact that, you know, he doesn't fight during Ramadan. So there's always That's going to be an entire chunk of the year that he's just on the sideline.
2: Yeah. That too. That too for sure. So I don't know. I think that, I mean, if you're looking at accomplishments and numbers, I mean, you know, he has, he's got two, um, he's got two defenses so far. Uh, Let's say he beats Gaethje, which is, Gaethje's a beast. You know, that's not going to be an easy fight. But let's say he beats Gaethje, so that's three. I mean, if you're talking GOAT, if you're talking Khabib to be a GOAT, I mean, GSP, um, anderson and john jones man we're talking multiple 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 uh championship defenses like we're talking like double digits here
0: right yeah and that absolutely is a good argument but then you also just get to the argument of if he goes out there and say he let's just say he defends two more times and then retires like what other fighter has gone out there, got a championship, defended it multiple times, and retired undefeated?
2: I know, I know. We've never seen anything like it. But like you know, you got Mayweather. But Mayweather, we're talking forty nine and zero in the you know the the laundry list of of fighters that Mayweather has beaten. You know, it speaks a little more than who Khabib has beaten.
0: Well, but you also have the fact that it's boxing, right? Like, everybody gets to, like, 25-0. and 0. Yeah.
2: True. I mean, I guess we're just going to have to see. I mean, like, I think, I think Chael Sonnen said it the best. Like, pound for pound is, like, this big kind of made-up thing anyway. You know, it's like if Superman fucking fought Batman or some shit, I think that's what he compared it to, but... It just makes you think, like, who is the GOAT, you know, pound for pound, who is the
0: greatest fighter, uh, you know, of all time. Yeah, it'll always be an interesting argument. And we also have to see how everything ends for everybody else, right? I Like, the only person whose story is pretty much closed is St. Pierre, so we know what his career was. Like, Jones, we don't really know what's going to happen here on out. Does he fight more? Does he end up losing if he goes on, say, like a three-fight losing streak to end his career, like what does that do?
2: Yeah. I mean, when it comes to accomplishments, if Jones would have never gotten in trouble, I mean, because he's had two, uh, you know, champions now. So, I mean, if he the belt, if they never had to strip him, you know, for the belt, I mean, I'm going to count him up right now. He's 26-1. and Uh, he won the belt when he was twelve and one, so I mean that's fucking. If he never lost the belt, uh, he'd have fourteen, fifteen defenses, which is insane.
3: So, I
0: think. I think the other thing that does factor into it, though, is like of the people we're talking about, he also is the only like convicted cheater.
2: I know. Well, that's the thing. Anderson's also, Anderson also got tested positive. He didn't have the belt at the time when he tested positive, but I know, man, that's, that's another factor you have to factor in. Fucking picograms, you know?
0: (laughs) That whole thing, like, I'm not going to go into all the science because I don't understand all the science, but doesn't it just seem fishy that like they made it okay for him to test dirty?
2: Of course, they moved the whole event. They moved the whole freaking event in like the same week just so they could, you know, go on with the event. (laughs) It's fucking crazy.
0: That shows how far he's fallen, right? Like he was the golden boy. They moved events multiple states. Well, not really multiple states from Nevada to California. Not a huge move, but they moved an actual event just because of his drug test and now yeah. like he's just not even a factor
2: i know i know and you don't really hear anybody talking about i mean you had um, Jan. he wants the title fight but man i mean it's it reminds me of connor at one point you know at one point it was connor connor like everywhere you turned everybody was talking about connor connor was talking about everybody and then recently, nobody mentions Connor's name anymore. I mean, when Nate won or when Jorge won, uh, neither one of them mentioned Connor. Uh, Khabib, you know, after he beat Connor and, you know, he fought Poye, he wasn't calling for Connor. No one is mentioning Connor anymore these days. And it's kind of cool.
0: But well, it's that weird thing. It's like Connor only wants a couple different fights out there. And the UFC doesn't necessarily want to even give it to him right now. It's like, you got to think about this from a business perspective, right? Any Conor event, you're pulling in, you know, 10, $15 million in live gate. Like, why would you necessarily trot him out in an empty arena in Abu Dhabi and lose out on that when you can just keep him on the shelf and say, you know, whoever wins out of Khabib and Gaethje, ends up fighting Connor, even though he hasn't earned a title shot at 155, like, they could still very well do it.
2: I know. Definitely. It's, it's def- He definitely still has pull. 100%. Well, he's
0: been... He's definitely one of the most intelligent fighters ever, and the fact that he's just... He's been able to pick and choose his opportunities. And that's how he ended up with two belts anyway. Like, obviously, his his victory over Aldo super impressive, but the way he waited until Eddie Alvarez was the 155 champ to, to move up and, and go for that, like, that was very calculating. If you think of 155 and you think of the champs that we've had, at least recent history, like, the weakest champ we've had, and I love the guy, but it's definitely Eddie Alvarez.
2: I mean, he just had the right style to, uh, you know, he, he landed the right punches on... Um... On, uh, look at this. Oh, shit. thought he had the guillotine there. He landed the right punches that he needed to land on Dos Anjos, and Dos Anjos had a very bad cut for that fight. Um, I mean, I would have loved to see how Connor, um you know, matched up with Dos Anjos because that fight was supposed to happen.
0: Right. Yeah, that was supposed to be a thing, and then that fell through, and then all of a sudden you have – Josanias, Alvarez, and Alvarez is a better matchup for Connor. I think the most telling thing with Connor, though, the fact that he never has even attempted to defend a title. I know. Like, what is that?
2: I know. I, I don't know the method behind that. I think just kind of how things laid out. I mean, he went from the 145 belt to, you know, getting a chance at the 155 belt. And, uh, you know, it got pulled out beneath him. And then, you know, he went up to 170 to fight Nate, and he lost. I think it's just kind of how his – you know, he does get a lot of that heat, but I think it's just kind of how his – look at this.
0: That's – I
2: think it's kind of – I think it's just kind of how his career has played out, though. I mean, like I said, he won the 145 belt. He went up to 155 because he had a chance to fight Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos pulled out, so – I, is he going to tap you?
0: Yeah? That looks pretty deep.
2: I thought he tapped already like three times. but I
0: guess not. Oh, there he goes. Wow. Nice win by Paul Craig. Yeah. He looks he looked slick on the ground. He he was working that entire time. He ate some shots, though, too.
2: Oh, yeah. To Paul Craig, I like Paul Craig a lot. It's very fun. But let me just finish my thought on Connor. He went from, you know, this, this, that, and then he he, he was going to fight for the 155 belt. Fucking that gets pulled out. You know, RDA drops out, fights Nate, loses to Nate at 170, fights him again, beats him, and then he starts calling out Mayweather, you know, so then he goes from one – oh, no, I'm sorry. He fights Nate, so then that earns him a shot at Eddie Alvarez. So now you got both belts, and he's like, fuck it, i got both belts. But what el- How else – how much bigger can I get? Let me go see if I can get a fight with Floyd Mayweather, the biggest, you know, combat sports star in the world right now. I'm already a double champion. You know, what am I going to gain by fighting and defending this belt? Which, you know, you, you are a champion. You have to defend your belt. But, man, he went for the Mayweather fight. He cast. He, he pulled out his biggest fishing pole, and he caught the biggest fish. That
0: was definitely the right thing for like him just as a human. Like, how are you going to turn down $100 million, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you know, it just takes so much time um, for time to go by for really things to to play out. So let's talk about this Macy B. That is definitely not Macy Barber.
0: No, definitely not.
2: I I, I saw some people saying the other day that it might have been. I'm like, there's no way that's Macy Barber.
0: Or it could be completely, completely wrong, but I highly doubt that Macy Barber is, is messing around on a random small podcasting app called Podbean.
2: <laughs> well, you know what's funny is when I first got on this uh, like little journey that I've been on this last year, Macy Barber, uh, look, it's Macy. Tell her to call in.
0: Yeah, that, that's that, a good one.
2: If that's Macy you, Barber, call in. And then I'll tell my story, but she's not gonna she's not gonna call in because one, it's not her, and two, I would love to tell my story with her on the line. That would be great, but she's not gonna call in because it's not her. So, before I get into my story, I want to make sure it's not it's not her. It's me, Macy. She said, "Well, call in, Macy. I'd love to. Uh, you're the host, uh, Dalton. Give her a grand arrival, a grand." entrance
0: hey, if she if she calls in I I will I will make the announcement but there is definitely nobody calling in right now I'm
2: too shy for that That is bullshit because Macy Barber is the least shy woman on the fucking roster of the UFC I'm
0: too shy Yeah for I that. I have no doubt that it is a person named Macy but uh, yeah, definitely not the uh, the professional fighter.
2: Yeah, yeah, Macy B. So are you Macy Barber, the fighter? I will definitely tell the story, but I would love to get you on the call. <laughs> we'll we'll keep that story in the back pocket. Uh, Macy Barber, come call in. Can you like? Uh, can you um, invite her, or she has to join? She has to
0: call? No, me. like, yeah, I have no way to, like, request a call or anything like that. Okay.
2: Yeah, I get this on my Instagram a lot, too. People, like, pretend they're, like, hot chicks, and then they call in, and they're, like, fucking some Arabian dude that can't speak English.
0: Yeah, people are weird.
2: I don't get it, but... All right, so I'll just tell the story. Um, so when I first got on this like big like journey and shit, um, I, you know, I was reaching out to a lot of people and Macy Barber. I reached out to and I and I was blowing her DMs up on Instagram. I said, uh, I said, um, you know, because both of our last names are Barber, so I was messaging her and I said, we are the. I said, we're the Barbers. We're gonna take over 2020. It's gonna be our year. And I I sent her, I just wanted her to like, just acknowledge it and be like, oh, cool. You have the same last name as me. And, uh, you know, you you seem to be doing some cool stuff and, and I'm doing cool stuff and, and just wish me luck and just acknowledge it. And she just never did. She just never acknowledged my message, which kind of pissed me off. So I just kept kind of like sending her messages and she fucking blocked me.
0: Well, goddamn pal.
2: She fucking blocked me on Instagram.
0: <laughs> I will say it like I am not necessarily going to like I don't want to have it come off as like bashing a fighter or anything but like I don't know, she seems kind of fake to me just in the the fact that like she kind of had this whole thing of like her UFC journey was trying to get a fight with Paige VanZant. And then when she actually goes out there and she loses a fight, obviously due to injury, like there was just there was a bunch of excuses. So many excuses. Um, It's like, yeah, you had a fight, you tore your ACL. That shit happens. Don't make excuses for it. Like you, you did lose the fight.
2: Yeah, she came off very bad in that fight. Um, You know, she was definitely a sore loser. She tried to make it all about her. you know, if, if, uh, what shocks me is when she fo- – if you go take a look at her fights before her, the UFC and you go look at her a few fights of her last couple fights, her body is, like, totally different. You know, she's put on a lot of weight. It's like she's almost, like, not even the same girl.
0: That would be interesting as she comes back from the injury, like, what ends up happening there. Like, I I don't necessarily think the hype train matches up to the way she ag- has actually looked in fights. Yeah, she has a little bit of power for the women's division, but, like, in that fight that she did tear up her knee, like, she didn't look that great to begin with.
2: No, she didn't. She looks flat. She looks flabby. She looks uh, not that fast, not that technical. Um, you know, she's tough. But, I mean, she was losing to... Uh, she was losing to JJ Aldrich before she came back and finished JJ Aldrich. And JJ Aldrich just lost. I mean, yeah, JJ Aldrich just lost to a a new coming uh, chick in the USC. So I, I don't know. I just I don't see Macy Boba becoming champ.
0: Oh, absolutely not becoming champ. Like she's not, she's not there. Like I, even if she didn't, you know, mess up her leg, like, I think she was probably still on her way to losing that fight with Roxy and. Like good thing Jay's not listening because I think he wants to think that Roxy could become champion any day. Like she's I love Roxy. Pretty much like she is an absolute pioneer, great person, great yeah. fighter, but like she's kind of the definition at this point of her career is like a gatekeeper. Yeah. If you could beat her, yes, you belong in kind of that upper level in the women's division. But if you lose to her, like you're not gonna be sniffing around a championship anytime soon.
2: Oh hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, that that's the that's the almost funny thing and that that happened too. It's like, you know, I was trying to be like cool, like yo with the barbers, you know, like let's let's it like I wasn't nagging her at all. I was just like, yo, this is gonna be our year. Uh, I wish you all the luck, like all positive stuff, and she just never ever responded back to me. And uh, and then when she blocked me, I was like, oh wow, I'm like, all right, bitch, fuck you. And what happened in the next fight? I mean. Listen, I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm happy you fucking blew your ACL because I'm sure she was in a lot of pain, but she fucking lost her in the next fight. So I was kind of like, I was kind of like, you, you should have responded back to me.
0: Well, and, and especially with someone like that, right? Like that, it's not like she's the most famous person in the world anyway. Like, it still, it still bothers me. Like, I get why people do it, but like. Coming in and pretty much making your entire stick that you wanted to fight Paige Van Zant, like it shows that you you're not necessarily trying to get to a championship. You want to be famous.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. It's yeah, that's true. She wanted that fight to almost be famous.
0: Yeah, because Paige is not a great fighter at all. Like we just saw that. We saw you know Amanda Hibas just absolutely steamroll her.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Paige, I, I don't, you know, I'm gonna say, I am gonna. was going to say, I don't know why Paige got, um, you know, boob transplant, which I, I love him. But when it comes to fighting, it weighs her down. I mean, she's definitely not as fast as she used to be.
0: It you get it also doesn't, tits. and It also doesn't help the fact that, you know, apparently her arms are made of glass. She broke that thing like eight times.
2: Mm-hmm. I know, she's always breaking her arms.
0: But... It'll be interesting, though, when she ends up in Bellator to see what they do with her there. It's not like they have the deepest women's divisions.
2: Well, they will have... Um, they have Austin Vanderford, her husband, Mr. Paige Van Zandt. So, I'm sure they'll work something out. Maybe get them a a reality show or something.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they'll overpay her. Like That's pretty much the only place that she can end up is... It's either Bellator or like over in one, but like I haven't heard much from one since the whole pandemic thing. I know they were having some money issues there for a while. Oh, one was? Well, they had to, yeah, they had to get rid of like 30% of their like staff or something. Oh, wow. I'd have to go back and look. It was either like 25 or 30% of their staff they had to get rid of. But then they also had some weird press release about like record profit or some other crazy stuff. It was very Hmm. contradictory, Hmm. but it didn't sound good. It seems like the the whole pandemic and not being able to run shows has hit them.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, they're supposed to be coming back. um, They're supposed to be coming back July 31st, I think.
0: One. I hadn't seen anything about their next show. Hmm. Oh, shit. I guess we'll see. Yeah, Friday 30. Yeah, July 31st. No surrender.
2: Oh, see? What, one? Yep. Can you tell me if uh, they have any fights announced for that card? Is Ton Lee on that card?
0: Uh, Let's see who they have. Looks like they have a Muay Thai fight to start out. A lot of people that I can't necessarily pronounce the name. Hmm. Doesn't look like there's any huge names. Let me see. Uh, the main event is Rod Tang Jidu Mangang versus uh, who's he fighting? Why is it not wanting to work? verse petch dam Okay. Now do you remember Ton Lee? His nickname is the Baby Shark.
2: Baby Shark, huh?
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about either of these guys.
2: What about Ton Lee? Have you heard of Ton Lee before?
0: If the name sounds familiar. I don't necessarily remember any fights, but Yeah, they're not on the card. Um, He fought
2: on the Ultimate Fighter. That's why you might not have heard of him. But he's a fucking beast. And he never got his shot in the UFC.
0: It's crazy. So they do have several fights lined up. So they have July 31st, August 14th, August 21st, August 28th. The problem is, is there is no card for anything except for July thirty first. Oh really? Huh. Sure. It looks like it's a, it's kind of a mixed card. So that main event's a a Muay Thai championship fight. Oh really? Um, They also have some kickboxing on there. Looks like there is. It doesn't even say what it is for a couple fights here. I'm assuming it might be MMA. It might be kickboxing. I don't know. Huh, But yeah, it looks like a lot of Muay Thai and kickboxing. I don't even know if there's any mixed martial arts on the card. That's strange. I mean, part of it might make sense because, I mean, it is in Thailand. So, I mean, it's definitely the right kind of fights to be, you know, putting on there. But yeah, it's odd.
2: Definitely odd. I guess we'll have to see. I guess I uh, to see how
1: that plays
0: out. That'd be great that if played. they, you know, if they could actually kind of get back into the swing of things and, you know, have that market over there. It does nothing but help everybody else, right? Like if we can have at least three shows that, you know, give out decent money, you'd have Bellator, one UFC, I mean you kind of have the PFL. They have that whole tournament for like a million dollars thing. The more we can get out there and actually get some talent out there, the better. Like, it's it's rough for people right now.
2: Oh, definitely, 100%. It's definitely rough. Um. So let's see what we can do with this fight. We got Carla versus Marina. Um, I think Marina keeps it on the feet, and she gets it done. So this is going to be the takedown versus the reach. This is going to be a very interesting fight here. What do you think, Dalton?
0: So, I think we see Esparza try to work for the takedown um, on the feet. I guarantee she throws the exact same one-two at least 30 different times. (laughs) Because I don't think I've ever seen a combination from her that's more than two strikes. So, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you're 100% right. She does that little, like, burst
2: forward... It's like, it it actually, it might be a three, it might be a three punch combo, but it's like, you know, and then it's like reset. Yeah.
0: It's just, there doesn't seem to be a lot of creativity there, which I mean, I guess kind of, I guess it kind of makes sense. It still is the women's division. It's still a little underdeveloped, you know, skill wise. And you have Esparza who's you know primarily known just as a wrestler, but yeah, I just, I, it's hard to watch seeing like the exact same combination over and over and over again. Like even when it works, like thinking back to the Amanda Nunez versus Felicia Spencer, Amanda Nunez pieced up Felicia Spencer with the exact same combination for five rounds straight. I know
2: that's because um, Amanda has a great one 2 She's got long arms. She has power and, uh, and Felicia had no speed to really match it no footwork to really get out of the way and uh not enough really skill to do anything of any substance back
0: i mean she showed that she was absolutely tough as hell taking all of that that punishment but yeah it was just it was that same combination time after time after time and like you wonder at some point like why is she not making adjustments or why is her corner not specifically calling out you're going to see the exact same thing over and over and over but yeah, that was that was something.
2: She didn't do she couldn't do anything to stop it, though. That's how good Amanda is with that same combo.
0: That's and that's the crazy thing about women's MMA. Like we have the, you know, we have the the division champions right now. Or, you know, Amanda obviously has the two belts, but nobody in that division is really touching her. She's just that far ahead of everybody. So the next weight down, you have Shevchenko, who is that much farther than anybody at that weight. Like, it's just, it's a mismatch after mismatch. And I, like, I don't know what you do with that.
2: Yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, you got Wheelie Zhang at 125, but I don't think Willie Zhang could do anything with Amanda.
0: No, that's two weight classes. Oh, it, if sorry, Zhang Lee is yeah, going yeah, up Willy at Zhang. all. Yeah, she's 115, so she would have to, you know if she's going to do a super fight, it would be with Shevchenko.
2: Right. And Shevchenko's already lost to Amanda twice. Right. If if it would be Shevchenko. So I don't know, man, I don't know who can really compete with, uh,
0: with, uh, you know, Amanda. I think you need someone new. Like they, you end up just having to get, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it was kind of the same thing, right? Like, so you had the, Absolute skill gap between Rhonda and everyone else, and then all of a sudden you finally had you know Amanda Nunes come along. Like, who's gonna be that next step?
2: Well, listen, um, before they made the fight with Felicia Spencer, it was either gonna be Felicia Spencer or Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson is actually pretty athletic, so Megan Anderson should have fought Amanda. And it would have been a lot better fight.
0: Because she's actually yeah, athletic. She is, but like after watching her her lose to home and Felicia Spencer, like that's a it's a tall order. But I mean she's still, I would say at least new enough in the sport. She just started back in what like 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. It's like maybe she can make that jump.
2: Yeah, so she's still getting
0: better. But yeah, like, that's that's an interesting one to, to think about that one. There's also, you know, you have a couple different rematches you can do with Nunez, either at, you know, at 135 against Shevchenko. Like, at least Shevchenko kept was still in those fights. Like, it was still a good fight to watch. And then at 145, I think really the only thing you can do there is, yes, either Megan Anderson or... Uh Rindani. anime.
2: Yeah. Um I actually thought Randani fought a good fight versus uh Amanda. She just couldn't keep her offer.
0: Yeah, so she did she did very well in the stand up, which I I mean makes sense. Like she's a, a great stand up fighter. So if she could work on that and just really work on avoiding the clinch, avoiding the takedowns, like that could be a fun fight at 145.
2: It really it really could be. And it really was, but like you said, she couldn't she couldn't freaking do anything when she was on top. I mean she was on bottom.
0: And that's the scary thing about women's MMA is you have somebody that is actually good in all facets and they just make everyone look terrible. Oh
2: yeah. I mean, in a stand up fight, I think uh I think um you know, I think when Dami wins that fight in a stand-up fight.
0: Yeah, if that would have stayed standing, she was absolutely doing well. Like, she seemed like she had the more technical, diverse stand-up, but... And you have Nunez, who, you know, can do more than stand-up, and she she damn well proved that.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what makes it... Mixed martial arts, I guess, right? And you have to have that, because when I was going into that fight, I was like, there's just no way that, uh, you know, Amanda is gonna." Dominate randami on the feet. It's just not going to happen. I just can't see it happening. And then I saw it not happening. But then, as I realized, like, oh yeah, you almost forget that this is mixed martial arts. And uh, she kept taking randami down. I was like, oh my god. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even really think of that, you know, because of all the work that she's been doing on the feet lately, you know.
0: Well, it's like a lot of the people that you see that with, right? Like you see. Like when we saw Cejudo, when he got to the point where he was starching people. Like, he wasn't leaning on his wrestling at all, but this is an Olympic gold medalist. Like, you almost forget, if he wants to control the fight, he can do it at any point.
2: Yeah. True. Yeah, he uses wrestling against Sergio Pettis. Really good. And, uh... I don't know. I guess it's just the growth of, uh of fighters and then, you know, going through that growth knowing when you can knowing when you have to dabble into your you know, your uh your bag of tricks, you know, your uh your fuck's it called the thing that you put your hammer in and stuff, your toolbox. Kinda yeah, like what we were talking about kinda of like what we were talking about with Pico earlier.
0: Right, yeah. Well, this so, one's starting out just like we thought it would. I
2: know, I, I, uh, it's either going to be Asparza all over her, or Rodriguez keeping it on the feet. But let's go, Rodriguez, man. she's just her takedown defense has not gotten better at all. I mean, this this happens to her when she can't keep the feet on the fucking on the on the floor on the on the feet when she can't keep the fight on the feet. I'm sorry.
0: Well, it's just amazing that you don't see the kind of growth that you would expect. Like, like when you saw um, Masvidal versus Usman, right? Like Masvidal actually, if you take a look at him, like five, six years ago versus now, like his true takedown defense is a thousand times better than it used to be. Like Usman could not really take him down that easy. Obviously, he did well against the cage, but like, why aren't other people doing that? Like you saw, you saw Masvidal bring in uh, Bo Nickel. Like, why aren't people bringing these high, high-level wrestlers into these camps? And just, if you're a stand-up fighter, like, learn enough not to get taken down. It's like what cro did. He was terrible as far as defending takedowns until he really started just training that. And then he was kicking people's heads off.
2: Yeah. You got that right. Man. Man, what about Cro-Cop versus uh, Gonzaga, too? Where cro fucking beat him at his own game. Took him down and fucking delivered some crazy elbows to Gonzaga and got that uh, that redemption for kicking his head off in that first
0: fight. Yeah, he needed that that redemption. That first fight, though, like I I will admit that was I made the most money gambling on that fight that I think I ever had because we uh, had just finished. I think there were fights earlier on that day where I was at. And we all went to a bar afterwards and everybody at the bar didn't realize that the card was in, I think it was in England. So all the fights had already happened. Uh, so I knew that Crow Cop was going to get knocked out. So I made bets with like 20 people. No way. So I, I drank the rest of that night for free. And so did everybody that was with me. I was like, uh, I don't know. I think, I think Gonzaga might be able to pull something out. These pride guys don't necessarily do so well.
2: <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. But look at this, Marina turning it around, and then look, she gets fucking taken down again. But let's see what she can do. A little bit, yeah. Like,
0: how do you that that ankle pick at the end there? Like, how does that even happen? Like, she was out and clear. Like, how do you get taken down from that?
2: Oh, look at this, Marina coming on strong here. Now, who wins this round? Do you give it to? Uh, do you give it to Carla for the overall, you know, winning of the round? Or do you give it to nah, – no, you got to give this round to uh, Carla, no?
0: Yeah, I think you give it – well, for standard kind of UFC-style judging, yeah, I think I think probably all of the, the judges give it to Carla.
2: Now, answer this question because this is something that I've thought about. I think to – This might sound crazy, but tell me if you kind of agree, but not agree fully. Now, I think with a round like that, okay? Oh,
0: look at that hematoma.
2: That's what I'm saying. With a round like that, I think to judge the first round, you have to watch the second round to know what effect that first round made on the fighter. Like – So many times in fights, like, like, like we just seen, like, um, for the most part, Carla won that round, but look at the damage that, that Marina did. And, you know, let's see how Carla comes out in the second round. Cause like, even though she might've won the round, um, you know, coming out in the second round, if she's so, if she's so like damaged because of the, the damage that she took in the first round, I think you have to go back to that first round and possibly give it to Marina because of the effect that that lasted for the second round.
0: Yeah, so that's the problem I have with the the whole ten point must thing is you have these situations where you could have like razor thin round one and two go to say Esparza for just, you know, wrestling, right? And then you have Rodriguez come out in the third and just leave as far as a bloody mess. And then you still have as far as a supposedly winning the fight. Whereas if you actually look at it, like, yeah, who put forth more damage? Like if you just pass the eye test of who won the fight, like, obviously you're going to come to a different decision. I think the other problem is, is MMA judging. Like I know for a fact, I think I've probably given more 10, 10 rounds in the times that I've judged than probably anybody else. Like I would probably give round one a 10, 10, Esparza, better on the wrestling, better control, like had a pretty good round there. But then you have Rodriguez comes back at the end, has more significant strikes, deals more damage. I can't necessarily say that Esparza won because she got pieced up at the end. I can't say that Rodriguez won because she was handled for the first half of the round. Like, why is that not a 10 10?
2: I know there's not enough 10 10s given out. And, um, you know, if you just, you probably seen, they showed some people up from Twitter. They gave the round to Rodriguez. I think there's like three or four tweets that just popped up, and they all said Rodriguez.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't fault that. I also necessarily couldn't fault someone giving it to Asparza just based on what the rules are. Yeah. The scary thing is, is like I've judged many fights like throughout the years, and I've had several judges like that I've spoken to after fights like just kind of hanging out that didn't even know that you could give a 10-10.
2: yeah I mean oh calling oh I'm sorry slide dogs having a disaster I'm just looking over the comments now but um yeah man there definitely should be enough 1010s given out but I feel like maybe they don't want draws oh look at this beautiful reverse but Kyla's definitely gonna keep getting those takedowns um, I don't know
0: yeah, Rodriguez oh. just doesn't have it in the scramble. Like, and that's the, that's the positive part of the wrestling from Esparza is she's going to, to try to link together those takedown attempts. So she's not going to go in get stuffed and just back out. She's going to keep trying to chain wrestle. And Rodriguez yeah. has, has no clue what she's doing at that point. But yeah, interesting right. uh, question from Sly Dog. Wow, this is kind of going on on the ground here. Who is your favorite fighter? past and present
2: um, God you answer first
0: so present I have to go with Habib just because he's just so dominant and the way that he the way that he's able to control with that wrestling is just amazing and the way that he will control the legs just keep people there and just pound them and pound them in the fact that he's gonna keep hitting them in the face while talking to them while also talking to Dana White. There's just something about that that, like, that kind of domination is amazing. And we're kind of starting to see that with yeah. Um, All time, I, I'm a big Fedor guy. Uh, so I was lucky enough to go to Japan for Fedor versus Krokop. And live, that was like one of the greatest experiences ever watching Fedor pretty much beat Krokop at his own game, sit there standing the entire time, just able to neutralize him and just beat the piss out of him. Like, <laughs> that level of Fedor in that heavyweight division in Pride, like that was just something else. He had that just invincibility factor that like no one had. You saw Kevin Randleman drop him on his head. You see, you know, Fujita just absolutely hammer him and Fedor would just roll with the punches and win every time.
2: Oh, 100%. I miss Fedor, you know, prime Fedor. So How about you? Well, my favorite fighters, I mean, I never really looked at it as, like, present, past. I've had, like, time-era fighters, like, at one point. I think I said this the other day on the podcast, uh, Junior Dos Santos was, you know, at one time my favorite fighter. And then at one time it was John Jones. And then at one time it was Conor McGregor, you know. and, And now, I mean, I don't know who my favorite fighter is now. I mean... I mean, I remember when I used to not like Nick Diaz, and then I became a huge Nick Diaz fan. And you know, I'm I'm more of like a an era, favorite fighter in each era kind of person, I
0: guess. You know? Oh, those hammer fists were tough.
2: You know who I like? I like Ryan Hall.
0: Ryan Hall is awesome. Like, that's another guy that nobody wants to fight.
2: My God! Look at your look at fucking Carla. She's a mess.
0: But yeah, that's the crazy thing again, right? Like, who do you give that round to? Asparza gets these takedowns and controls, and then a few shots that Rodriguez gets in is absolutely destroys Asparza's face.
2: (laughs) Um, man, I don't know. And 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 Carla keeps going for those fucking leg locks, reminiscent of our boy, Ryan Hall. So I I just don't know. On another note, who should Ryan Hall fight next? Because he's another guy that's like a Khabib. He
0: only fights here and there. Yeah, I think the problem with Ryan Hall is just like nobody wants to fight him. Yeah. Who can they get to fight him?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think
0: they should do him and Clay Guida. That could be a fun one. Yeah. Does he have yeah. anything? Oh, he has a confirmed fight right. for uh, August 29th, yeah. Against What's Ricardo Lamas. Now that's a good fight. That is a very good fight. It would be interesting.
2: That's a great fight. because uh, Lamas coming
0: like... off the loss to Calvin Cater, but Cater is looking like an absolute just destroyer.
2: Oh, man, Cater's a fucking beast. Cater actually just did a promo for one of my uh, my friends. The NJ betting guru knew um, he sells fight picks, and Cater um, just did a promo for him. Uh, you know, my buddy NJ betting guru knew he pays these UFC fighters to do promos, so then... You know their fans can then go follow and and buy my buddy's picks, and he's doing a great job, man. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of people that's done the promos for him, and this this last year he had Chris Weidman, Luis Pena, um, Darren Till, uh, Calvin Cater, um, Bryce Mitchell.
0: Um. Bryce Mitchell, that's another fun guy to watch. Oh, like, he man. is he, slick on the ground too.
2: Oh, he is fun. He, his ground game is one of the best
0: in the games right now. I mean, I'm kind of I, surprised was, in that last fight. I don't remember who he fought now. And that. Oh my god! Look what just
2: pops up. Look what just pops up as soon as we said that. There you go. Holy shit! <laughs> that is fucking weird, man
0: that was absolutely crazy watching him go for that twister like multiple times. If he ends up being the first guy ever to get twisters in multiple fights, like that's going to be something.
2: Oh, he's definitely going to get another twister. Um, He's only had two or three fights in the UFC. So if he really wanted to, I mean, he could fight some top 20 guys and really start to really have some fun in there. You know, put him in there with the top 20 guy, put him in there with, 2018 and 16, and and really, you know, allow him to really showcase and grow. You know, don't you? Know, Bryce Mitch is the kind of guy that he's young. You don't have to throw him in there with a top ten guy right now. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like let let's just see see more of him.
2: Right. So I think they should. I just that's so crazy that he pops up on the screen right when we were talking about him. But, um. Yeah, they should definitely build him up very slow because you know, he's fun. I mean, like you like you said, that fucking fight with Charles Rosa, man. He, he he had twister after twister. He was using that shit just to control him and I mean, I don't know how Charles Rosa wasn't tapping from all those submission attempts, but Charles Rosa is another crafty guy that very good uh very good, you know, submission defense. But you get a guy in there that doesn't have that type of submission defense. Um Let's put that on hold for now. I I don't know
0: who's winning this fight, man. This almost reminds me of Boss Rootin versus Kevin Randleman. Yeah? You have one person that's just basically controlling the fight, but you have the other one that's really laying on all of the damage. Like, how do you pick that?
2: Oh, look at this. Is this a triangle attempt? Does she have an arm in there? One arm?
0: Uh, It's hard to see.
2: I think she, no, but definitely trying to
0: set it up. But I, yeah, no, she doesn't have it.
2: Carla's small, but she's very thick. Yeah.
0: Then she, well, she just kind of has like kind of that that wrestler build for her size. That yeah, she's just kind of just a little ball of muscle.
2: And it's crazy because did you see what Tatiana Suarez did to Carla?
0: Suarez is a bad motherfucker.
2: Dude, she she made Carla look like Carla had never wrestled in her life.
0: That's the levels, right? Like, yes, Esparza's been a decent decent wrestler, but, yeah, she doesn't have the background that Suarez had.
2: Oh, my God. She just fucking man... Well, woman handled her. <laughs> All right, let's see what... Oh, that was illegal. That was close. Let's see what... Uh, I mean, can she steal this round? Nope. I was going to say, if what could she do right now in this 30 seconds to possibly steal this round? I mean, this is a Carla round, don't you think? I mean...
0: Yeah, this one definitely is. This has been the probably the least close round It all comes down to those first two rounds. Like, how do you judge the damage versus the control? I know.
2: I know. Both those two rounds. I mean, honestly, this could be 30 27 Carlo or maybe possibly 29 28 Marina.
0: Right. Yeah. This is at, like, I would not want to be making a bet right now, even after having watched the fight, as far as what the decision ends up being.
2: No, definitely not. And Marino was the favorite. So, I don't know. That's what you said about the 10-9 musters. There's no, like, certain way to, to judge a fight. It's like, you know, a round is a round, and there's so much shit happening. But, yeah, you're you, you, there's two ways to, to judge a round, either 10-9 or 10-8. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's
0: it's just so tough.
2: Like you have control time, you have significant strikes, you got takedowns. you got all these different things that you're factoring into this into this such a small little scale of of the score, 10 nine or 10 eight. That's just it's fucking so stupid.
0: Yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. and I wish that we could go to, to a point that we're just judging the fight in its entirety like it makes more sense in boxing to have the 10 point must system because you're talking essentially about like we really think of a boxing match it's almost like 12 different fights right like each round is kind of its own fight like yeah. mixed martial arts you're looking at either 3 or 5 rounds and like that that break in the middle it's not necessarily like another fight it's just that that breather like i'd rather just look at these fights in the entirety if i look at this fight If I were out on the street, who would I say won that fight looking at those two? I would say Rodriguez won.
2: Yeah. They gave it to Carlo. I just... uh, uh, I don't know. Carlo wins a lot of fights like that, too. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the fight versus uh, Carlo Espoza for Alexa Grasso. Did you see that fight? Yep. And Alexa Grasso, in my opinion won that fight because she was just, I mean, I loved her submission attempts. I just love everything about what she was able to counter, Um, you know, the wrestling, like Carla gets these fucking wins that kind of do nothing for her. You know?
0: It is. It's, it's like the ultimate kind of just, it's really kind of like the old school lay and pray. Like, get a takedown, just stay there as long as possible, throw the little pot shots in there. At least in this fight, she was kind of going for a couple submissions, but like she was pretty much just going for like a straight ankle lock, which I don't know when the last time that worked in a fight.
2: I know, she went for a lot of ankle locks. And I just, I guess Marina just didn't do enough.
0: Speaking of Grasso, it looks like she has another fight lined up for the end of August against oh, Yeon Kim.
2: Oh, wow. That should be good. Yeon Kim, she looked good in her last fight. I think she fought uh, the fucking
0: Australian girl. Yeah, her last Australian fight was uh, Nadia Kasim.
2: Yeah, Nadia Kasim. Yep. She fucked her up. She's Australian, right, Nadia?
0: I think so. Let's double Yep, Australian.
2: Yeah, she fucked her up. Gian Kim fucked her up. But Alexa Grasso, that's that's a hard fight for Alexa Grasso. But I think Alexa Grasso can definitely win that fight. Because I like Grasso. She's 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 a cutie pie.
0: Yeah, she I mean she generally looks, you know, halfway decent in there too. Like She hasn't necessarily lost to nobody's. Like, she lost to Esparza, which we could talk about that one either way. It was your general Esparza fight. She beat Carolina Cavalcadich. Then she lost to Tatiana Suarez, but like everybody has lost to Tatiana Suarez. So there's that.
2: Tatiana actually kind of bullied her in that fight.
0: She bullies everyone. Like, that's the thing. Like, if she didn't have kind of that late start and like, um, with the whole kind of like cancer scare and all of that like she would probably be a champion by this point.
2: Yeah, I know. 100%. She got a she got a bad neck problem too. Her yeah, what are who
0: she ends hair. up fighting? She, yeah, her last fight was back in back in June of last year.
2: Yeah, versus Nina, right? Nina Anzorov? Yep. Well, I mean Mrs. Nuñez? I don't know who she should fight next.
0: And what's she, what's she ranked? Is she ranked? I'm sure she's ranked. She's got to be, right? Uh, well, that's kind of dumb. They have her tied for third ranked in that division. So number one in the division, they have Rose. Number two, they have Andrade. Number three, they have Suarez Anya, and Jacek.
2: Is it me, or does Carla look like, even though she looks all beat up, she still looks good for some reason?
0: She's not going to look good tomorrow, I'll tell you that much. That eye is going to be swollen shut.
2: <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good one right here.
0: This one will be. Gonna- this will be super interesting. Lifting. do we see oh. like you know, Fabricio Verdoom like we remember Fabricio Verdoom or do we see that guy that just came off of a suspension and looked just absolutely horrendous?
2: Well, from what I collected in the short time that I saw Verdoom, um, I don't know if it was at the weigh-in or whatever. But he looked in – and it was only two weeks ago or three weeks ago, that fight, but he did look in a little tiny bit better shape than he did a few weeks ago. Um, but, man, like I said in the last podcast that I was on, freaking Verdun made uh, Alenick look fast, which was unbelievable because Olenek is one of the slowest fighters in the UFC.
0: And now you have a guy coming from, you know, light heavyweight where he had to contend with some pretty quick guys – coming up to heavyweight like he's going to be one of the quicker heavyweights. it will be interesting yeah. to see how he handles just the mobility of Gustavson.
2: Oh, 100%. It's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, it's a tough thing, right? Like you can never count out Verdum. No. I mean, Christ, he took out Fedor when Fedor was still kind of Fedor.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only reason that he wasn't Fedor is because he lost to Verdun. I mean, that was his first loss. He started not becoming Fedor because of that first loss. But I mean, let's see. Let's see what he can do here. I think. Uh, I think it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I hope. I hope we see a, uh, you know, an improved Verdun.
0: He definitely has the skill. Like, if you look at you know some of those guys that he's beaten his career, like it's pretty much a who's who. Made you add him when he took out Kane. And with Travis Brown was actually still, you know, somewhat impressive. You know, took out Travis Brown. Obviously, the Fedor fight when he beat Big Nog. Like, he's he's fought just about everyone.
2: Oh, yeah. Don't forget Mark Hunt.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. The Mark Hunt fight. That flying knee, like, the thing that you would never would expect to come from Fabrizio overdoom and just... He's clipped him with it.
2: He fucking, he more than clipped him with it. He fucking, full on, fucking landed it.
0: And especially on Mark Hunt, like, that takes, it takes it to an entirely other level. Like, this is the guy that took a crow cop high kick to the head and kept walking forward. Yep.
2: Yep, he's a fucking, he's a fucking, I don't know what the deal is with him, too. I mean, he made more money than he could ever make in his life at the UFC, and he's complaining now.
0: Well, he's uh, he's had such a problem with the UFC since the whole Brock Lesnar thing. Like it was just never the same after that.
2: Yeah, that's true. That is very true, but I mean, he's at one point he loved Dana because I mean, one fight, I forgot what fight it was, but he was getting paid like a half a million dollars.
0: Yeah, I him. think he He may have just renegotiated his contract after that just absolute war with uh, Bigfoot Silva. Like, his value was at the absolute highest after that fight. that thing was just an absolute war.
2: Yeah, Dana loved that fight. Dana was wearing shirts that said Bigfoot versus uh, Hunt. You know, and then, of course, really... he comes
0: out during the rematch and just steamrolls him in the first well, round.
2: Yeah, well, that was because Bigfoot was off the juice.
0: Right, yeah. That was that was one of those things that was kind of weird watching Bigfoot come off the juice when, like, he as a human, like, needed the juice based yeah. on his whole, like, pituitary issue and everything else, like... You got to feel bad for some of those guys that, like, medically they should be on this stuff, but to make a living, they have to come off it.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you're fighting for a living, you do need to be at your, you know, your physically peak form. But, you know, with a guy like Bigfoot, it's like, you know, it's a shame because his life got to a point where, you know, that's all he did for really work and money was to fight. So to fight, you know, you, you have to be at the, like I said, your peak form. But then when rules start to be put into place where they're, you know, they're starting to uh, crack down on some stuff, and this thing that you might have been taking your whole life, you know, now you can't take it anymore, then a lot of shit changes. And, yeah, once he, once he got off of it,
0: uh, Well, and you could see it. He had that war with Hunt where he pissed hot. It was, you know, it was originally a draw. Like, it was just the greatest thing to watch ever. But then he got off it, and he goes out there, loses to Arvlosky, loses to Mir, uh, beats Soa Pelele, but then he loses to Hunt, to Struve, to Nelson, and then to, like, guys that people have never even heard of. Well, I mean, people have heard of them, but they weren't, like, huge heavyweights. Like, it just... You got to feel bad for the guy. He goes from beating some of the best people in the world to losing, you know, eight out of nine fights. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame, but what are you going to do? You know, it's it's he he has been taking things that if a normal person that without his, you know, his uh, disease, I guess you can call it they would be at a you know a, a higher advantage as well you know like imagine if Mark Hunt was on the same juice that that Bigfoot was on in that fight. Then where would that fight you know would have would have Bigfoot been able to compete with Mark Hunt uh with mark on the same juice that bigfoot was on or was just bigfoot doing it just to be on an equal playing field
0: right yeah and i guess you really kind of never know there yeah and like you were talking just walking uh looking at the introductions here everdoom uh, does look better than the last time we saw him
2: he does right and it's only been a few weeks
0: He definitely took that loss and got right back in the lab, and he's working. Interesting thing is Gustafson doesn't look that much different at heavyweight than he did at light heavyweight.
2: No, he doesn't.
0: Like, it doesn't look like he put on a lot of bulk.
2: No. I think we're going to see how this plays out real fast. Because don't forget, Gustafson got submitted by fucking Anthony Smith.
0: So... Mm -hmm. That'll definitely be the story, especially in the first round. Like, Do we see Verdum get this thing to the floor when they're both still still dry and he can really get a good handle on?
2: Yeah, but we also have to remember that um, I don't think in that Anthony Smith fight, I don't think uh, Gus was very motivated for that fight. And, and then he retired, so for re- Gus to want to come back for this fight, he's either one, low on money, or two, which I, I'm gonna favor the second is that he had he got the fire back. And the way he's moving, he seems like he's having some fun in there.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably the latter as well, especially when you think of some of these guys like where he's from, right? Like it's not like a lot of the American fighters that they you know they would end up short on money, things like that. A lot of these guys are freaking heroes in their country.
2: Right. This is this is interesting right here. Look at this. One thing we must remember too is, Gustafson was never a big power puncher at light heavyweight. Look at this. Oh boy. Doom as it This is that. not where you want to be. <laughs> oh shit! It's going for the arm.
0: He is so slick with that.
2: Holy shit! The
0: way that he baited him with the rear naked choke just to set up the arm.
2: Oh my God! Is he gonna break the wrists?
0: Like is that is jujitsu.
2: Oh man, if he breaks this grip, let's see what he can do here.
0: He's got uh, three minutes to work it. Like,
2: yeah, Gus. He's is got the time
0: on patient.
2: the side. Yeah, Gus is trying to stay patient. Uh, Verdun's waiting for him to make a mistake, and uh, it's it's a stalemate right now. Until oh, here we go. It's. For-
0: oh, that's not where you want to be, Gustafson.
2: Oh my God! You better, gonna,
0: you better hope he, that grip is strong.
2: Yeah, he's gonna break this. Yep, he's gonna. He almost off. has it. I think he's got. Oh, that that grips just feels so loose. Oh, he's got it. There he it turns goes. into it <laughs> Wow! Oh my God! That oh, is oh. the
0: thing, Verdum. Anybody on the ground with Verdum—that's a scary spot to be. Especially in the first. Wow. Well, pick that get, one wrong.
2: See what I don't get is, like I, like we both said, he looked in way better shape. Um, that fight with Alenik, maybe he didn't even try to take him down because he was just so out of fucking shape.
0: Like that, did he just maybe even possibly not even take that fight seriously? Like, 8-6. Everybody should be taking everything serious at this level, but like... Yeah. You think of Olenek versus thinking of Gustafson, like, what fighter are you going to be more motivated for?
2: Yeah, probably Gus.
0: Man, that was pure... That was... Wow. Gus was looking good on the feet, though. Like, he, he looks good at heavyweight. I don't think there's a heavyweight on the planet, though, that could have gotten out of this. Yeah, no. I mean, it's funny
2: because... As I was saying, Gus was never really a big power puncher at light heavyweight, so I had a feeling that he wouldn't have the like power because he landed a few punches on Verdum, but Verdum kind of just kind of ate him, you know, like he didn't really look threatened because he went. I feel like you know a lot of people shoot takedowns from like desperation, but I feel like um, Verdum's takedown definitely wasn't shot out of desperation
0: just now. It was more like strategy, and it worked. It was. That was that was a great fight from Fabrizio Verdum.
2: Great performance. Definitely a great performance.
0: And as we are waiting for the decision here, we are actually coming up on the three-hour mark here on Podbean, which means it will end up shutting us down. Uh, so what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to go ahead and cut us off here. Everybody will see that the next podcast will pop up in probably two or three minutes. I'm going to go take a piss as well. Um, And we will regroup for the rest of this card.
2: All right, my friend. Sounds good. I'll talk to you in a little bit.
0: All right. Talk to you soon, everybody. We will be back.